Hey, I'm Kyron. And this is Joel. And we would like to welcome you to the first regular episode of the 2019 season of Dialogue Options. everyone to another episode of the dialogue options podcast with your ever faithful hosts joel mcdonald that is me and as always my very very good friend and co-host mr kyron morrison how are you doing good sir joel i'm sweating <laughs> yep yep it's, no i feel you it's we are probably in peak australian summer and i'm yes. sweating yes yeah yeah I, I mean it's not too bad where i am it's just that like if i was outside it'd be all right just, my house retains heat like no one's business and it's disgusting so um yeah it's not great in here at the moment but uh <laughs> yeah i'm in one of the cooler rooms of the house i guess where the computer is so that's fine oh, that helps that helps yeah i can't complain i can and i probably will but that's fine we, yeah. we could, it's summer we, it happens yeah exactly but like Absolutely. you know I'm, I'm otherwise apart from the sweating and the uncomfortable warmth i'm good awesome good to hear good to hear uh, have you done anything interesting over the last week? Or whenever it was we last spoke? <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, just the weekend was spent just chilling. I didn't I was, I didn't get up to anything. Again, couldn't be bothered as that temperature climbed up. Yep. So uh, I just stayed in and played some, some games. Nice, nice. I've uh, just been doing a bit of cheeky work and... Good old work. How good is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good. Um... Let's not talk about that now. We want to talk about fun things on here. Yeah, uh, fun things. Things things we enjoy. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I've got a, I've got a good couple of weeks coming up though. It's my uh, it's my birthday next week. So, uh just keep an eye out for that on uh, on social media. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those people who has birthday. I got my roster through today actually. I just checked it. I've got like I want to say like four of the seven days of my birthday week off. So, I'm um, I'm good. Um <laughs> Should be fun kicking it off with some D and D on Sunday, which will be good. Um, but yeah, no, I've just I've just been doing the same, like playing games, working, kicking about. I caught up with some friends on the weekend. That was good. Um, and yeah, I have I watched something though. I I just finished watching season one of uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on nice, Amazon nice. Prime on Prime Video. Yeah, it's um it's really good. Uh, I really really enjoyed it. And uh, it's definitely worth a look, especially if you haven't signed up to Amazon Prime yet. Both seasons are at, like, there's two seasons out at the moment in Fuller, I believe. Um, and you can get a free 30-day trial to Amazon Prime and you get Prime Video for free with it. So, um, and if you've already signed up for it, it's like five bucks um, for Amazon Prime. So it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it in like two and a half days. I powered through it and it's just, it was really good. Really interestingly shot uh lots of like long takes that made it feel like almost like a play um but yeah uh really enjoyed that but yeah it's just been like a nice chill easy slow start to the year i feel like that's how you want your years to start 
yeah, it's nice. You know, just going to roll into my birthday feeling pretty cool, pretty pretty relaxed. Um, I did. I think I got a haircut. No, I've had a haircut for a while now. So anyway. I, to, I was considering getting a haircut on Monday, and I, then I was like, "That's oh, fine. I'll just let's get later in the week." You know, I've got mm. I've got a couple hours in the morning free. Looking yep. at the at the like the the forecast and like I should have done that Monday. Yep, yep. If it's any I, I consolation, have the regrets. Yep. If it's any consolation, I did get a haircut and I'm still sweltering, so it's you know much <laughs> Good, of my chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I probably would have been worse off if I hadn't had a haircut. But, um, I'm feeling <laughs> oh, a little bit lighter. Boy. But anyway, I think we're back to our regular scheduled programming. Hopefully, a little bit more permanently this time. Um, and uh, what better way to kick off 2019's regular shows with a check-in with the quest log. Mission completed. Quest log. Our quest log is, of course, our What We've Been Playing segment of the show where we check in with all the fun games and stuff that we've been playing over the week uh, and report back our findings. Uh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight here. I've played a lot, but not a substantial amount. Of each of the things that I've played, it's just. Sort I know of what been... you have been playing, Joel. What? 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 what I know you went it? back to Gungeon. I, hey, look, call me back. I don't know. I don't even know how. I was just sitting on the couch one day, and I was like, I just, my hands just picked up my Switch and scrolled over to it and started up. Before I knew it, I was like three hours into like my fourth <laughs> or fifth run, and I'm like, ah, oh. shit, I'm back here again. Um. Oh, that game is so good. <laughs> For a game that I haven't, I come nowhere near to close to finishing. Um, it is just fun. It's just a fun, responsive game. Why don't you play it? It's great. It's good stuff. But um, uh, have you played anything uh, pretty substantially, Karen? I think well, something I've, that you've been. I've played a demo, and okay. I've, been, I've actually been digging my teeth into a game that I didn't get to play before Goaties. Right. Uh, I don't know where I would have landed, even if I had have. But uh, I've been okay. so I've been. I played the Resident Evil Two Remake one shot demo. Okay. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Cool. Tell me about the uh, the the one shot demo. What's the well, one shot demo? The one shot demo is is obviously the more interesting of the two. Right. So uh, basically, what the one shot demo is, it is a Resident Evil Two Remake demo that you can download right now off of the PSN and the Xbox Live Market Place, whatever they call it now. I don't know. Anymore. And on PC as well. Yes, on Steam. Yes. Uh, but basically, what it is, it is the demo that I played at PAX Australia back in October. So at least I had some familiarity with it with the setup this time around. Right. Uh, and basically it just, it, it, you start the demo and it just goes, Hey, you got, you got 30 minutes. So basically within that 30 minutes, you can, you can run the demo through and finish it. I think when I hit like the end of the demo, I, I was on like 25 minutes or something. Okay. Uh, and then I think if you have any time left over, you can load up the demo again and then I guess sort of just explore a bit more freely, which I don't know, I've heard some people have been using it. I know some people who downloaded it on the PS4 and finished it and then downloaded it on the Xbox to do it again because right. it is sort of a, it is a one-time thing. Once your time is up, your time is up. It's a, it's a pretty neat way of doing things, I think. It's definitely, uh, the, the internet has sort of been buzzing over it. I think yeah. over a million players have tried it out so far, which is honestly not bad for a demo. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, you put the words Resident Evil and Demo in, in a sentence together, everyone's going to get pretty excited, especially since 
uh, Resident Evil 7. Uh, I guess, yeah, the... now because, because Resident Evil is back. Like, prior to 7, I don't know if it would have been the case, but I think after 7, and just as well, Capcom just kicking so many goals right now that yeah. I think people are definitely going to be always going to be more likely to check it out. Yeah, and I think too, because they are doing interesting things with their demos, they're not just putting it out there and saying, yeah, it's, you can play it before the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like beginning hour had like updates to it and it was a separate part of like the game, but it sort of tied into it from what I understand. Um, mm, and then with yeah. this one, it's like you've got, <laughs> yeah, you've got one part, like, you know, you've got half an hour to, to, to play and that's it. Your time's up, you're done. Yep. Yeah, um, essentially, it it just puts you in a little section of the Raccoon City Police Department, and it's a. It honestly, once you've done it, it's a. You'll realize just how small the section it tasks you with doing is. But I mean, in the moment, it, it time time feels like an eternity as you're right. walking down some of those dark, claustrophobic corridors <laughs> with the lightning occasionally just sort of lighting up the hot corridor. Leon's got his flashlight out. Sometimes you won't spot a zombie until you've, you you turn your flashlight. Like, if I had to say anything about this game, it's that, again, it was it was sort of established in 7, like when they'd made Resident Evil 7, that game was pretty spooky. They sort right. of definitely went back to the, the roots of the survival horror part of the, the franchise. But this time around, I think they've done an even better job because I think there was a lot of concern when they first revealed it, and it's like, okay, look, it's got Resident Evil 4's over-the-shoulder camera, and that sort of, it did divide some people, because obviously classic Resident Evil 2 is a fixed camera game. Of course. I think there were concerns that maybe by going to the -the over-the-shoulder camera, it would be sort of going back into the action horror stuff that 4 and 5 and 6 all had. Not the case. (laughs) Right. I, I can very happily confirm that this is a if you if you play this game like an action game, you are very quickly going to have zero bullets. Right. So it's still like you know the survival of the survival horror is still very prominent. Yes. So cool. like you might you might see one zombie, but they they don't care about your bullets. It will right. take even with headshots. Like there were some zombies that would still take me a good six or seven bullets to take out. Right. And in a in a game like this, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, in, and that sort of encourages you to, again, one of my favorite things about survival horror games is when they make you pick your fights. You have to look at the situation and go, you know what? Not worth it. I'm <laughs> going to try and sort of like just avoid all these guys. And when you pick, when you choose to go into a fight, you're like, all right, every bullet counts. I can't afford to just be sloppy. And like locking down their heads sometimes can be tricky because of how they sway as they sort of stagger and stumble towards Leon. Yeah. But so yeah, there's there's like there were some genuine moments of extreme tension as I was just sort of trying to line up a headshot, going, they're getting too close, I've got to shoot, I've got to pull the trigger. And just like pull the trigger and hit their hand, and they're like, eh, whatever, my hand fell off, I don't care. <laughs> just I'm gonna bite you still. It's like, okay, cool. I, I deserve that. So I was talking with a friend over the weekend, a friend of ours over the weekend about, about this demo. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to play it. And he's like, why not? I'm like, well, cause I don't like those like spooky horror games sort of things. And he's like, look, honestly, he's like, I feel like you'd be okay with it. And he sort of said, he, he put it more in line with like, maybe like a dead space style of survival horror feeling to it. And I'm like, I could, I could do that. I feel like I could do that. So 
I want your expert opinion on this. Do you, what, knowing me and knowing what, I, or what I'm like with these sort of things, do you think it's something that I, would appeal to me or I, or I feel would be able to get through it? Uh, look, in the full version, maybe. Okay. It's tough because in a demo, obviously, it's a, it is a, a small blocked off part of the game. Your inventory is tiny. Right. You have to keep in mind that, yeah, because this is based on Resident Evil 7, I think. And it does, again, Resi 2 had a very limited inventory. Uh, the demo basically goes, hey, you've got eight slots. <laughs> and you're like, right. cool. Well, I've got a gun in one and some mm-hmm. bullets in another. Now I have six slots. <laughs> uh, you can pick up um, expansions as you're, like, even in this demo, you can find, like, a, it's like a pouch or, like, a an ammo thing you strap to yourself. And it gives you another slot. So, like, you will be expanding your inventory. How hard those are to come by and how well hidden they are sort of remains to be seen. I think, honestly, I would recommend if you can track down a copy. Maybe, maybe if you don't want to, you know, buy the, buy a copy yourself, try it on a lower difficulty because the I, I again can't tell because you can't choose a difficulty option in the demo. But typically, the zombies will go down quicker. Yeah, and and he, he's not wrong with the over the shoulder camera. It it will definitely give you those Dead Space vibes. It won't be quite as action horror as Dead Space or Resident Evil Four. Yeah, but I think then there are still jump scares. <laughs> oh okay. boy, be ready for those jump scares. Right. Uh, there was a couple of good ones that got me. One where I was just sort of scrounging through lockers. Yep, locker, nothing. Locker, nothing. Opened a locker. Corpse fell on me. I'm like, oh, good. You got me. Uh, just you got me. <laughs> reminds me, it takes me back to those Dead Space days where I was looting a room after I thought I'd cleared it out of uh, out of all the enemies. And I got to one where I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's next to an open grate. And as I opened it, it fucking came out at me. Oh, boy, that one got me good. Man, thinking about Dead Space gets me sad. Yeah, it does. So, yeah, God, what a game, though. Um, What a good two games. Yeah, two games of really solid, solid fun. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, obviously you're pumped about Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah, like, I... Because obviously my time with the original is limited. I have never given it a full playthrough because okay. it was it was more like you could get a copy on N sixty four, but it was at least when I was younger, I could never really get my hands on it. Okay, uh, I didn't get a PS one until much later, and I could never really justify buying the GameCube version because I, <laughs> snobby as I was, I mean, I when I did play Survival Horror, I was more in the Silent Hill camp rather than the Resident Evil. Okay, yeah, but I, I couldn't help and judge the GameCube version. Because it was just the PS1 version on Cube. I'm like, remake looks so good. And I understand, you know, expensive to do remake one and to remake the rest of them. But it was hard to sort of give it give it a look in. But uh, I'm really keen to just dig into remake, the second remake, and just experience the Leon story, the Claire story. When you play the demo, whether you finish it or don't, when as soon as that timer is up, you get a new trailer that sort of teases more of a full picture which okay. is, if you know anything about Resident Evil 2, there's a couple of things in there where you're like, oh, yes, they're bringing that back still. Excellent. And I'm just so confident this game is going to do well. I think it's going to. I mean, like we were saying before, like the the hype, obviously the, the fans of the series were always going to be excited about a new Resident Evil game. But when 7 came out, it it did really well. Lots of people were super pumped for it. Um, it like reviewed really well lots of people like reflected back on it come the end of the year which was really impressive considering it came out in like january it is Uh, hard for january games to sort of stick around in december yeah absolutely and i i feel like it it had that sticking power and it was sort of the turning point 
we all started going, all right, Capcom, you, you're turning a, leaf, a new leaf over here and then following it up with things like Monster Hunter World and, and just all the other stuff they've been doing. It's yeah. been really great. This is their third banger of a January in a row because yeah. this year they have Resident Evil 2. Yep. Last January they had Monster Hunter World and then the January before that was Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. So just back to back to back. And and that's not even including like the smaller scale stuff. Like, I mean, t- today or yesterday, uh, Only Musha Warlords just popped up on, on everything yeah. as well. Mega so, Man 11 was a triumphant return of form last year. Absolutely. like yeah, and, and then that's not even counting all these other collections that they've been doing. So they yeah. did like... The X collection, the X2 collection, and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that we are mere months away from pulling our devil triggers. Very true. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Like, um, at this point, Capcom can't be stopped. They're just moving forward with this momentum. And it's really impressive and so encouraging because there was a, a, not, it was a concerning stretch of time where Capcom sort of lost their way and like don't get me wrong they still are making mistakes no one must only look at the latest marvel versus capcom absolutely the initial launch of street fighter 5 just being oh, a yeah. mess yes uh but i am i to go off topic slightly i do believe that we, are, we will see a fighting game from capcom this year and i think it will be better because they are just making better better things now so but at this point yeah capcom just on the up and up do you think it'll be a uh like uh, a, a new entry in an existing franchise or do you think it'll be a new IP? I res- I am honestly on board with people who are beckoning, they're calling to Capcom to make essentially like Capcom All-Stars. Yeah. A fighting yes. game with just Capcom characters. None of this messy like having to make Marvel happy or like having to make another company happy. Just take, because they've got so many IPs, throw them in a fighting game and just go nuts. What was the, the Capcom versus... It was like the anime one. Oh, uh, Capcom versus t- 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 oh, Tanaku or yeah, something Tatsun- like that. Tatsunoko or whatever. Yeah. yeah, on the Wii. Yeah, yeah, that was something like that. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the, the other one that people people would love to have is uh the, the classic Capcom versus Nintendo. But I mean that's a whole different thing if that ever happens. <laughs> well, yeah, and like I mean Capcom's already got representation in Smash, so you know. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. But don't, I mean, it's not impossible. Like we did, actually, do we ever get Tekken cross Street Fighter? I know we got Street Fighter cross Tekken. I don't know. I I, I tuned out hardcore yeah. that whole thing. I, I was like, <laughs> that's another example of a Capcom misstep. Yeah, absolutely. But but yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. This is a this is like the new. They're not only just cash grab re releases like new entries in franchises oh, no. or remakes. They're they're always put a new spin on like we said before about the demos are always really interesting that they release for them. They're continuing existing stories that have been like lying dormant for a while, or they're like re breathing new life into an existing story in a way that people might not be on board with at first, but then eventually once they get their hands on it, they go, Oh wait, no, this is actually something special. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah. Like the detail in the, in Resident Evil 2's demo is insane mm. to to finally to go to these locales, the especially when you think back upon Resident Evil's history, like obviously Resident Evil One is the big one in the mansion, like that is iconic, of course. But the other side of the other, to flip the coin is the Raccoon City stuff, like that is another big part of the history of Resident Evil, of course, yeah. And to finally be able to visit it in HD and just sort of again 
fixed cameras are cool, but and I was honestly, I was initially worried about the over the shoulder stuff, but as soon as I played it, like it all just melted away. It all just felt right because I mean, Resident Evil Four, as much as like I like the game, it was the beginning of of the woes for Resident Evil, but I cannot deny that it played well. Yeah, and taking that style of Resident Evil and just making it scarier, yes, please. Yeah, and I think too, you don't want to like after you don't want to ruin the success of having something like Resident Evil Seven and then going back to this fixed camera thing because that's really quite alienating to the, maybe the new audience that they've got from Resident Evil Seven. Um, you don't want to like shut them out just because you're trying to keep fans happy. And oh yeah, no, absolutely. I get that that you want that the fans are should probably be one of your number one priorities. I get up above, you know just below like making money and running a business normally, but like keeping fans happy should be something that is in your mind. But it seems like they've hit, they've struck that chord where like they did with resident evil seven, where it's, it's almost like a celebration of resident, all things resident evil from different eras, different styles, different games. Um, and that's really cool to see. Yeah. I, I am just really crossing my fingers. Like you finish the resident evil two remake and get like confirmation for, for, for nemesis. Let's do a Capcom. Just, he pops up. No, no, like, they just, like, at the, at, when you finish Resident Evil 2, it'll have, like, it should have a scene from Resident Evil 3 yeah. Nemesis. Yeah, like a post-credit like, stinger. Yeah, yeah, just to let, because when I finish 2, I'm going to want a remake of 3. I'm sorry, Capcom. you got to do it. All it'll be is just, like, him, like, like it's just, like, black screen, you hear, like, f- like thudding footsteps, and then out of, like, the stars. darkness, it's just his head, yeah, and stars, and that's it. And then cut to, and then, like, dream coming soon or whatever and yeah. that's all that's all i need do to it. do man that'd be cool that'd be really cool if i did yeah, that that's that's my that's my dream at this point because i think i mean honestly i wouldn't i think it's gonna happen like I think so nemesis is set pretty heavily in raccoon city as well so can reuse yeah, a lot of the assets I, I believe it's gonna happen it's just a matter of when they announce it and how long it takes mm-hmm. but uh my dream is it like there's a tease in in two but we'll see it's close now like two weeks away even even if there's like a collectible in there or like a like a file that you yeah. pick up that's like, hey, but we're mention- working on this you know new program and it's like, oh shit, here it is. That's like, the thing that again, it's exciting to go in there and try to figure out what they're adding to this game because obviously a lot has happened to the story of Resident Evil since two came out, and it'll be mm. interesting to see if I sort of like add anything back in or add any references or Easter eggs like. Like mildly keen, keen eyes on all of the, the notes that you'll be reading in this game because there will be a lot and i'm sure there's gonna be some good stuff in there that's juicy exactly um awesome well i'm, I'm glad to hear that it's uh it's living up to your hype already you've only got like what two weeks to two wait? weeks yeah not that i'm counting two weeks i've got huber michael huber from easy hours on twitter just constantly reminding yep. and calming himself by saying just a few more sleeps, guys. Just a few more sleeps. Yeah. So it, it, we're almost there. You're at the finish line. You just got to ride it there. down now. And then we'll get it, and I'll have like a few days before Kingdom Hearts, and it's going to be the hardest, hardest like weekend of my life. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, my decision is relatively easy at the moment. Yours is a lot tougher than mine. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be tricky. But I mean, I, I, I also, I'm not. It's like Resident. The original Resident Evil Two was designed with for Leon and Claire plays like playthroughs in mind so like a scenario a scenario b thing i'm not sure how it's going to go in this like i'm not sure if you'll just sort of go back and forth throughout chapters and stuff but i honestly don't think it'll be a super long game because the original sort of whilst not being a short experience 
was designed sort of re- with replayability in mind. And I mean, look, seven was as well. Yeah, seven wasn't too long. Like I knocked it out in a couple of days. You can you can finish that game pretty comfortably in like seven hours or so. I think. Yeah. Yes, you can if you know yeah. what you're doing and where you're going. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Um, but you also played uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Odyssey? Yes. So that one, man, Joel, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a weird beast because mm. for a long for the longest time I wasn't going to get it because Origins never really grabbed me. Yeah. So I was sort of happy to pass on Odyssey, and then lo and behold, Odyssey comes out, reviews pour in, and everyone's like, "Hey, it's really good." Yep. In, and I was like, yeah, but I didn't like like Origins. So, and then there were people who who reviewed it were like, I didn't like Origins either. But Odyssey is very good. I'm like, oh, yep. Jesus, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. So I sort of come in. I came into it with not not huge expectations. I think I've learned at this point to sort of treat Assassin's Creed games differently, and whilst not expect the worst, be open to it being not great. Mm, of course. Uh, the 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 biggest shortcoming and it's not even this game's fault it's the same sort of not the exact same issue but similar to when i tried playing horizon zero dawn after breath of the wild okay i was just like man breath of the wild was that was the open world game right yeah and horizon's good but in the back of my mind i'm like nah i'm, some, I'm not there some would say horizon's excellent but you know that's, yeah look you know, you know what I, I do plan on one day <laughs> going back and finishing it but it was just too close to breath of the wild and yeah, that no. game is a masterpiece yeah no i yeah i don't blame you for feeling that way at all so obviously the last thing i played last year was red dead redemption 2 Mm -hmm. uh and it's interesting to see how playing this game has made me reflect back on that game and some nitpicks i've had suddenly became pros for example and this this is this was the biggest one for me i know a lot of people sort of that game is slow, right? Long, yep. deliberate animations and, like, button inputs and stuff. Yes. And, like, I eventually learned to love it as I played it, but I was with people. It, like, initially, I wasn't into it. Boy, playing Assassin's Creed or- like Odyssey is just... His- Red Dead Redemption 2 is a journey, right? You yep. go on this emotional journey with the Vandalin gang. Odyssey is a video game. <laughs> right, yeah. For, for, like, not being too harsh. Like, the animations just sometimes are so jittery and jumpy and i just miss i i I miss the flowing the the, the smooth flow of the animations that red dead had and again different online games different uh, different open world games uh obviously odyssey came out running on roughly it seems like the same engine as origins whereas like rockstar spent what eight years probably on red dead 2 so easily yeah different beasts but it was a weird it's not to say that, that that engine that Ubisoft are using isn't oh, no. bad. It still looks good, no, but yeah. Look, the game looks nice. Yeah. And you can, it holds up surprisingly well when you pull out with um, Icarus, your eagle, mm-hmm. and fly up into the sky. And you can... This map is stupid huge. It is just <laughs> dumb, dumb big. I can't even think of better ways to describe it. I was... I was like 10 hours in. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. And I zoomed out. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty shit. I'm nowhere. I'm, I'm in nowhere. This is fine. Uh-huh. But does it, does it feel populated though? Does it feel like, Oh, look like the cities and stuff are populated riding from point A to point B on land. I just, again, after Red Dead, I yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I, I miss saying hello to everyone I go past. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's all well and good to make your world the biggest world there is, but if it's empty, there's no point. Like, you can have these busy metropolises and then have, like, thousands of kilometres between the next that town and the next town and just nothing there. And it's like, well, does this really need to be here? Like, there's no... Yeah. There's no function for this. Whereas within Red Dead, there were strangers you would meet along the way. There were interesting things you'd see on the side of the road and go, oh, what's that? I want to go check it out. And, like, they earned that, like, massive open world. Um, I mean, so it is a Ubisoft game, so don't worry. There are plenty of things to do, whether it's clearing out camps, mm -hmm. uh, investigating caves, going into ancient ruins, all this sort of stuff. Plenty to do. It's just sort of been the riding on my horse from one city to another hasn't been great but right. that doesn't matter because at long last they they put the microscope back on one of my favorite features from any assassin's creed to date mm -hmm. naval combat ah right of course so a lot of the map is water so a lot of your time is spent in your ship and joel Obviously, this takes place, like, oh boy, hundreds of years before Black Flag. So, yep. obviously, you're dealing with, with stripped-back mechanics. Like, you know, your ship's got archers and javelin throwers, and that's really about it. Yep. Uh, like, when you when you get a couple of hits with your regular archers, like, you do unlock a couple of shots of fire arrows for more damage. Uh, javelins can make weak points, all that sort of stuff. But it doesn't matter if it's stripped-back, because just the act of engaging in naval combat is still so satisfying, especially when the waves start going crazy and a storm kicks in. And like, I just... Jump off the top of a wave onto another ship. And just... yeah. yeah. And then, like, when you, like, have depleted a ship's armor, you can either, like, <laughs> circle around and, like, go full speed ahead at it and just, like, slice it in half and smash it, <laughs> which always feels badass. Or you can obviously board it. And it's such a little thing, but... It always gets me so pumped up. As you choose board, like to, to board them, your ship sort of pulls in alongside and like your your protagonist, who of course mine was Cassandra. Sorry, thought... whatever the other guy's name is. I don't even know. Ale or care. Alejandra or something, isn't it? Sure, yeah. whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Cassandra is the one you should pick. Uh, she does She does like a little, she tells her soldiers to like get ready. We're going to board and they sort of like do a, a little chant and like stomp their feet. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just, <laughs> let's kill these guys. <laughs> Is there any, like, uh, I guess, pros and cons for, like, just destroying a ship or deciding to board it? Do you get anything for boarding so, it? So, if it... I think you might get a little bit more loot if you smash it in half. Okay. But the risk there is that it usually sinks. Right. And there are sharks. Of course. They are the worst. Yes. Uh, they are also huge, so that's great. It's, they're, they're the cougars of the ocean. Yes, they are. <laughs> and almost without fail, when you sink a ship, they're like, sweet, I'm just going to hang out here and eat these dead bodies. And Joel, I'm not kidding. They will like, so when a, a ship sinks, like any corpses that were on it, obviously bubble to the surface and float. Yep. And the sharks just come along and sort of just jumping out of the water and eating it. I'm like, well, this is horrifying. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Please, no, I, um, I'm done. <laughs> I will have no part in this. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah, sharks terrifying. They're huge. Seeing those... There's sunken ships and like obviously ruins underwater you can go to. I'm so I'm just so paranoid. I pull up there, I get my eagle, I tag all the sharks, and I sit on the side of my boat with my arrow going, All of you must die. <laughs> I'm not going in the water until you are all dead. Then I'll do a couple of extra passes. Okay, now I'm safe. Yep. Right. 
Because when a shark sees you, basically your only indication is like your like when you go into like a restricted area, you get like a little yellow bar on the top. When you get spotted, it goes red, and that's your indicator. You're like, oh god, a shark see me. Right. Got to get to the surface. <laughs> oh god, it's terrifying. Of course, um, absolutely. Yeah, but like, yeah, there's also like. There's nice things in the ocean, like sailing along, you might have like a sperm whale that will breach next to you, or dolphins will sort of trail, all sorts of stuff. Land is populated by the usual, like, harmless wildlife, birds, deer, lions. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, right. Bears, boars, mm. you know, all the usual stuff. Lions, bears, tigers, am I? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, the main thing I want to, yeah, the world is huge, and sometimes I was sort of left wondering why. But, like, riding along and seeing a huge statue of Zeus is pretty spectacular. Okay. That's, that's all right. That, that's the kind of shit I was, uh, like, sort of with my previous question. Like, yeah, the, the, so, like... It does reward you with, like, visual yes. treats and things like that. Very okay. visual. Like, honestly, like, seeing, yeah, like, one of the statues of the gods or seeing, like, one of their temples on a mountain. Because usually a lot of them are built high up, obviously, and they have a lot of the sink points on them. Okay. It, yeah, sometimes, like, the game is just a treat. And then sometimes textures won't load, and you're sort of like, ah, oh, yep, Ubisoft <laughs> game. That's fine. Like, the game yeah. is good. I don't... Yeah. If... It may have... It possibly would have been an honourable mention. Okay. If I'd played more of it, but it is still early days, because I think I'm in Chapter 4 or something, and like I said, I think I've maybe explored maybe a third of the map, if that... Right. I have heard uh, that it's pretty long, and you can sink some hours into it, yeah. It is a long game. Um, uh, okay, real question though, Kyron. Yes. What's the real world stuff like? Come on. That's what everyone's okay. thinking. <laughs> that's what everyone's... That's, that's the big ticket question that we need to ask here. So, like, the game's intro is pretty snappy. It's sort of like your real world character, like, mentioning some mumbo-jumbo about if the assassins had a particular item they might finally win and then she sort of jumps in the animus and then you play as your as your character okay uh, cool when i finished another chapter i got pulled out briefly because she's like you shouldn't stay in there too long i was like oh, fuck off yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm helping <laughs> I'm, going, yeah. I'm going straight back in <laughs> i'm getting the goober so we can win the thing yeah, yeah the goober yeah uh but yeah like you know just you can talk to people if your laptop's there full of no mm. doubt just a landslide of lore from the the previous games that I just, I don't care about yeah. anymore. I just want to be in the Animus. Yep, exactly. That's where the uh, real game is. Yeah, but I mean, the good news there is it is there if you care, but if you don't, like, it doesn't really go, hey, look at this. Yeah. Maybe maybe later in the game that changes, but they have seemingly gotten better at going, yeah, look, we know that not everyone's into the actual story of, like, Assassins versus Templars. And it sort of has become background noise, which is weird because there were points earlier in the series where I was actually excited to see where it would go. Yeah, it seems like... It just turns out the answer was nothing. I was going to say, it seems like even Ubisoft has stopped caring about it, really. They're just putting it there for, like, just so they can have the animus and be like, all right, this is our thing, instead of just being like, look, we're going back in time. Like, there's the history points. We're just going to hit all these history points. There's no real world stuff. You're just following this specific, uh, interesting character, and they're going to do this cool thing that's going to lead, like, be about you know, what you know about like the assassins. Um, what are they called? Like the is it, is it called the Assassin's Creed? The Order? 
Yeah, the order basically. The, yeah, the, the, the assassins. <laughs> yeah, so like you know, it had this this thing they do this thing and it helps it to you know progress the the history of assassins and and the order ahead. Instead of being like, oh, you could go through this email and read all about the character from Black Flag and Connor from Assassin's Creed Three, and like, yeah, no one cares about that. On that topic, actually, little thing that I didn't bring up with the uh, the naval combat in this game. Basically, every troop has, like, a name RNG'd onto them. Okay. Because you can actually knock people out and, like, recruit them to be on your ship. Okay. Uh, currently, my ship is, like, topped out at four slots. But you, I can have four lieutenants on my ship. Yeah. They basically, they stand down in front of Cassandra, sort of watching over the men as they're sort of rowing. Uh, they'll jump on the other ship with you when you board them to sort of murder everyone. And it's just it's a little touch that makes me it makes me value them and it it actually is cool to be like killing people with names it it's a little thing well that's what, huge that's what, what that was, that's what was such a great thing about the the nemesis system from the shadow of uh mordor oh, game Joel. yeah they haven't exactly put the nemesis system in there but right. boy is it close cuz i was At wondering last, that honestly. this this feels like it should be in there like that feels this feels okay. like the type of game where it should be there so in this game Instead of having the Nemesis system, which was basically, yeah, in, in the Middle Earth games, you would you would corrupt Sauron's army and make them your army. In this one, it has bounty hunters. Okay. And they, from what I've experienced, like, you know, they, you kill a bounty hunter, they get replaced eventually by someone else, they can climb up ranks, blah, blah, blah. But bounty hunters have names, they have, like, weaknesses and strengths. Some of them have, like, they have specific loot they drop or, like, some characteristics. Like, I had one the other day where... Her characteristic was she always had, like, a wild animal tamed with her. Oh, cool. And it's, honestly, it's the Nemesis system, but sort of in, like, a paired-back Assassin's Creed sort of way. Okay. All right. That's it, not a bad thing. Yeah, and basically, it, it they, they sort of encourage you to actually be sneaky and be an assassin, because if you are caught killing people, even if you're, if you're attacking, like, an enemy, like, stronghold, and you're spotted just fighting someone... They'll put a bounty on you, and like as that stacks up, uh, it might call on a bounty hunter, who will then just sort of track you. Right. And they show up as like a red helmet on your little tracking compass at the top, or like on the screen. And you're uh, at certain points, it was just really cool to be like, shit, there's a bounty hunter here sneaking through the grass as one of them was sort of just happened to be patrolling through this enemy camp because I'd been a bit, you know. Lackluster. I was being careless with my a bit, kills. A bit stabby. All right. Yeah. It's a bit, it was a bit stabby. Yeah. You know? But the stabbing is really fun in this game, so it's hard to resist it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the bounty hunter system is actually very cool. And on top of that, it does also, if you, there is the, the cult, the cult of Cosmos. Okay. And it's just this sprawling network of people you've basically got to, you've got to track down clues for and go and kill them off. And I assume that'll lead to an important part of the story. So. There's def- different layers and levels on which this game to to attack it, however you want, and okay. it's really cool. And I have encountered a come a couple of instances with the mechanics that I talked about, how people would remember choices you made, and that was interesting. Okay, like there was one where I <laughs> oh god, so I I basically did this quest for someone and I I freed them from a camp. Well, their friend was like, hey, go free my friend from this camp. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go do that. <laughs> I went and, and freed him. But also I was like, oh, there's some stuff about I'm just going to loot this stuff. Looted some things. And then in the cutscene, he's like, I saw you stealing from me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. look, 
You've got me. You look, caught me. <laughs> I, I mean, look, you're not wrong. <laughs> like and... when his friend was like, he's, he saved your life. Like She saved your life. Give her a break. And he was like, all right. I'm like, oh boy, but I did steal from you and I'll do it again. Was that fairly early on? Was that almost like a tutorial to like the game teaching you like, hey, just be careful with your actions because people will yeah. see shit. That's cool. I mean, yeah, it was, it was relatively early on and it is, it's a little thing to remember that like people would leave like gold and stuff as offerings to the gods and you can take it it's marked as stealing because it's like well technically people have left this for the gods yeah you can take it if you want no it's it's cool though that the, the big yeah if it is it like because it did occur so early on it's was it in like a prominent like we just like look to your left you're like cool there's a whole bunch of gold there maybe i'll maybe i'll grab that was it that um, it obvious it was just or? like it was just sort of like at his camp or his house or something and it was marked red, so I knew I was stealing. Right. I just, I just didn't think the game would be like, hey, this guy saw you and he owned that stuff and he's not happy. I'm like, okay, I mean, I'll do it again, but it's cool that you noticed. It's one of those fun moments where you're just like, nah, I'll just grab this. The game, the, the developers surely wouldn't have thought of this far ahead. And then they do, and yeah. you're like, nope. oh, kudos, but well done. I'm impressed. And like, li- little things will happen like when you, because obviously sometimes I'm a little bit of a completionist, I'll be clearing out areas before, not necessarily before I'm meant to, but before the game thinks I will, and then I'll get to a city and someone will be sort of, will be a quest giver and I'll go up to them and Cassandra's like, oh, I got that for you. Here it is. You're like, oh, yeah, cool. It's such a good feeling when you do that. You're just like, yeah, yeah. Cool. just like, ticking boxes. No, no I got this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean um, this? Here, take it. Yeah. yeah. No, I got it. No problem. <laughs> I'm trying to, if it, is there anything else in particular that sort of has blown me away? Uh, I should probably talk a bit about the actual story, okay. I guess. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, um... And not for any real reason besides I want to talk about... I'm not sure if I talked to you about how... When I, when we saw this game at E3, I'm like, oh, I know how this is going to start. I don't remember, actually. Okay. Uh, so, the game is set in 431 BCE. So, it's set about 400 years before Assassin's Creed Origins, which was pretty early in the timeline already. Right. Uh, and it's, it's sort of vaguely based around the events of the Peloponnesian War. Between okay. uh, the city states of Greece and, of course, everyone's favorite army, the Spartans. Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the game starts you, of course, playing as Leonidas. <laughs> right. So- because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, how, how can they give you a quick intro on the combat oh i know what they're gonna do <laughs> so, so you yeah. basically did the beach landing of like greek mythology essentially essentially yeah like right. you play as, as leonidas with the spartans because that's another huge part of this game that i was gonna i need to mention still is like the conflicts which i'll after i finish up here i'll go on to them because okay. they are very fun and very hard okay uh, but yeah so the, the game starts off as leonidas you fight on the against like Xerxes army and stuff and obviously like Leonidas dies obviously like who doesn't know that now yeah uh, but your characters are actually descendants of Leonidas okay who were supposed to be thrown from the mountain which I forget the name of god what is the name of it <laughs> I can't help you here I'm sorry I I did not start, study any sort of mythology unfortunately Shit. I know, I know, like a couple of listeners who are also our friends who are going to be screaming at this at their, their their listening devices right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like you you get thrown from that mountain, but you survive and sort of go from there. Uh, both the children survive. Cassandra's not the time, but 
the other, her, her brother is alive still, but it does happen naturally in the story in a way that didn't really surprise me at all. Okay. But you know what? Like they, they had voice actors for both characters, so obviously they were both going to be in there. Yep. Uh, having heard the male the male protagonist's voice, boy, I'm glad I picked Cassandra. Like <laughs> Cassandra is great. She she doesn't give a shit. Right. Uh, I spent the first couple of hours with Cassandra trying to get her, trying to get her laid. It was trickier than I first expected. And now I'm just like, no. I've had all these like Greek guys try to like sleaze onto me. I'm like, no, get no. out of here. You get Skeeze out of ball. here. Sleaze <laughs> uh, But yeah, so the setting itself is fun. The story is still unfolding, but it's cool to sort of be in the middle of like Athens and Sparta. And you can, you can pick sides and we can city states to take part in conflicts which are basically just really big battles in a set spot on each like like um island I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh so you can either pick to to attack which is harder but you get two or three bits of epic loot because obviously okay. this game is a loot game there is a loot tier. And or you can defend which is easier but you only get one piece of epic loot. And okay. so yeah, that's basically you'll spend your time sort of destroying important like uh, important monuments and stuff for the opposing army and then you'll trigger that option it'll say conquest battle available give you two points to go and pick from and then you were just in a skirmish and there are hundreds of people just going at it and you're just like you're on the outskirts and at first I was like I'm gonna this is great I'm just gonna go in there I'm just gonna kill some Greeks got stomped right uh, okay turns out, turns out battle's hard Joel if, you, if you're 2v1 like it's not easy <laughs> right but does the combat feel like because like hand-to-hand combat in any assassin's creed game is like sneaking's been great bow and arrow stuff's usually great but when it comes to like hand-to-hand combat it can be a little iffy yeah. sometimes so How does it, feel it, is, this? it is still using the dark souls-esque combat from origins okay yep it feels a bit a bit snappier a bit quicker i don't know right. like i'm definitely enjoying it more I felt like Origins, they were large. Again, I didn't get very far in, so it's not fair to, to level this against Origins, but I wasn't feeling it. Yep. Whereas I feel in Odyssey, I was on board quicker. Yeah, it, it's. I, I think because it was it was a new step for them as well with, with uh, yeah, Origins. Yeah. So maybe that's why it was... Um, I didn't realize... I mean, oh, cause that's just because I'm, I'm super ignorant when it comes to history and things like that, or like mythology and stuff like this, but... I didn't realize that this was set before Origins, which just makes yeah. me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because that's Assassin's Creed Origins. This yeah. is before that. We're yeah. going back further. Yeah. Weird. But anyway. Uh, at this point, it seems like the Spear of Leonidas is going to be pretty important to the Assassins. It essentially acts as their as their blade, because they don't have a hidden blade. They've got the Spear of Leonidas, like right. the, the tip of it. Okay. Uh it makes I think it's part of why I like the combat because in Odyssey, in Origins, God, why must they both both start with O? I know, yeah, <laughs> and like similar sounding words as well. Yeah, so in Origins, you would often, you know, you get your shield, you get your sword, and you you play it like Dark Souls and sort of just block, attack, 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 block, and you you could um, guard break and there's abilities and all that. In this one, you as at least as far as I played, I think I'm like thirty hours in now, mm-hmm. no shields. Okay, which All makes right. me excited. Like it's so your, your weapon options are obviously you've got the heavies, which are like your your staffs, your big like war hammers and um, uh, big axes and stuff, or your smaller more and your and your spears, 
or your agile weapons like swords and daggers, if you were using a sword or a dagger, in their offhand, they actually have the spear as their weapon. Oh, cool. And you sort of use it for little for, for parries, because a large chunk of this game is spent uh, sort of reposting enemies, which is done pretty easily, thankfully, by pressing L1 and then R1 as they're about to hit. And it does a pretty satisfying slowdown. You'll get a nice little visual cue to be like, cool, you've guard-broken this enemy. You've got a, a little window to attack. Not a big deal against, like, the grunts, but against some of the bigger soldiers, it's very useful. I will okay. say, since we're talking combat, I do wish they would tone down the HP on some of these dudes because right. they are very resilient to my numerous stabs. <laughs> it, it seems like this is... Uh, you were saying before, like, you know, Origins had the Souls combat. This seems like they've gone down the Bloodborne route, where it's like it is, no it, shields, a lot more aggressive. Yeah, yeah you, know. you do have the dodge as well. Yep, um, okay, cool. So it, it's definitely closer to the Bloodborne uh, angle. It Cut. is pretty satisfying as well. Like, it, you can you can mix things up pretty quickly. Once you hit 15, you can have two weapons equipped if you want to have a heavy and a light one, depending on which, for which situation you've got. You can quickly draw your, your bow and fire off a couple of quick shots to their head if you're, if you're quick, which it feels good when you do. It feels you feel like a badass when you go in swinging, like pull off like a little combo, guard break them, use the best attack in the game, the Sparta kick. Of course, yep. <laughs> of course, sends them flying, and then as as they fly back and get up and start running towards you, just whip out your bow, give them a couple of arrows in the head, and then go back to just sort of melee combat. It it all flows pretty nicely, which is good. Okay. But enemies are spongy, so some of them you'll be fighting for a while. Okay. Uh, but actually. I forgot as well. Um, the the Nemesis system isn't the only thing that's sort of borrowed from Middle Earth. Okay. Did you you didn't play any of them? Did you? I played some of Shadow of Mordor. Uh, so you know the attack that Talion can do with his bow, where he basically warps over to execute an enemy. Oh yeah 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 yep 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 yeah. So you can sort of do that in this as well. It's a very a, a skill you can unlock very early on. Okay. Where basically you can lock onto an enemy and throw the Leonidas spear at them, and you'll just warp over to that point and kill them. And fuck yeah, it feels cool. Like a lot of this game just feels cool, and I think that's a large part of why I'm digging it. All right. Whether whether that can see me through the end is early days because there have been points already where I'm sort of like, oh, this could be wrapping up, and I'd be pretty happy. Right. But again. I haven't even seen half this game yet, so... Uh, I I must admit, Kyron, you are selling me on this game. The more I hear people yeah. talk about this game, the more I'm like, I think I'm going to... But I did that with Origins, it didn't click, but... I know, and that's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I still have my copy of Origins, and it didn't click with me. Yeah, and... But I, yeah. I gambled on this one. I, again, it was largely because the setting really appealed to me. Of course. So yep. that was a big part of it, and I've sort of been rewarded for that gamble. Uh, look, when I'm done with it, feel free to borrow my copy and see if it strikes you. Mm, it is a huge to. game, though, so... Yeah, well, it would have been good to sort of jump into over this break, but anyway. Yeah, that's what it's been... That's, it's been a good January game for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. Oh, I'm sort of regretting it now. I didn't pick it up on a cheap sale or anything like that, but... Joel, there's too many good games. There's no point worrying about the ones you missed. That's true. That's true. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3. Joel. Yeah. It's got very close. Well, Kyron, I, I, have you got any final comments about... Uh, about Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Look, not really. It's it's just a game that I, sometimes I love and sometimes I kind of get bored of. But if if anything, I'm still playing it. Like I haven't I haven't dropped it like I did Origins. Yep. There's there's always something where I'm like, ah, you know what? I want to see this, or I want to okay. go there, or I want to sink that ship. <laughs> Kyron, that couldn't be a more perfect lead into uh 
to what I was going to talk about because, like I said before, I've only played a couple of things. Like I played quite a few things, but only little bits and pieces of it. Um, I, like I, mean, I went back to Overwatch earlier this week on PC. Fuck that game is good on on, on PC. Traitor. I look, I know, but man, it's just I was because pl- I have to. I'm I'm such low level again, so I think it helps that I'm playing against like a lot of bad people, but there have there've been some challenges as well. I had a night where I only won one match out of like seven, but I had like three player of the games of the night as diva. And I, I, I pulled off in the space of like a half hour, uh, in like two different games. I pulled off, uh, two different quad kill diva mech kills. Um, and like one of which won us like that, that won us the game. Basically. Um, I cleared a point right at the end of, uh, Busan, I think. And uh, oh yeah, whew, mwah, just just it was good to jump back in there and and rummage around a little bit in in, in Overwatch. But um, but you were saying before about uh, there are parts of Assassin's Creed Odyssey where you were like, I love this, and some parts where you're like, I'm not feeling this. Um, I had a similar thing where I, if you've listened to the show before, you're familiar with the fact that probably that I uh, I said I was going to attempt to get through at least. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, which, tick, tick, fucking 10 out of 10, especially Kingdom Hearts 2, one of my favorite games of all time now, and I played it however many years later. Um, and I said I was going to try and get through Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance. And I did start Birth by Sleep, and I have stopped. And I have accepted defeat, um, and I'm probably not going to get through either of the before Kingdom Hearts 3, so I have watched some timelines and stuff, but... Yeah, just I, I don't know. I just it was so hard to go back to to Birth by Sleep because obviously it was made for a, a portable console, um, and it was before Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, I think it was after. It was after. Okay. Be, being made for PSP limited its controls a lot. Yes, and that's the thing. Um, it was it just oh, man that input lag just killed I... me. It was so it's yeah it's not great. I really wish I'd just told you to skip Birth by Sleep and play Dream Drop Distance because I still believe that's a genuinely good Kingdom Hearts game. Ah, it's a shame. I mean, look, well, I'm I'm I've caught up. I think like I've watched some videos. Um, I've watched the game trailers uh, timeline. Which if you are out there and thinking that you want to play Kingdom Hearts three and you don't really know anything about Kingdom Hearts, it's probably not a bad thing to look through and uh and sort of catch up to speed on the heavily convoluted story um that i i agree i think you said this before but i feel like was never meant to be this convoluted but they sort of just were like well we got to keep making this now there are there are things in never make you that can that make me think otherwise but it's it's a weird thing like some parts of the story you're like you definitely were making this up where as you went yeah yeah but other stuff sort of things tie in nicely that make you think that maybe there was some planning but who knows yeah um, but, uh, but I mean, look, a birth by sleep was fine. I just wasn't feeling it, which sucked. Cause I was like trying to hype myself up for kingdom hearts three. And I think it was doing not the opposite, but it just wasn't hitting the spot for me. I mean, the problem with birth by sleep is it, it's a stripped back kingdom hearts. More yeah. Than anything. Like the areas are small again, a large majority. I mean, the, the, the main story stuff of like terror and all the, and the main characters is fine. Yeah. But you go, you'll, you'll go to a Disney world you'll have a scene that goes for a couple of minutes you kill some heartless go through some more of the area have a boss fight have another scene and move on and it just sort of 
it's it's nothing really yeah and I, I, coming off the back of kingdom hearts 2 where they sort of interweaved a whole lot of stuff really quite well um yes definitely it was much better in that game it didn't feel like this the, the disney worlds were just like ascent like elongated side quests yeah um but yeah i i i'm a little sad that i, I didn't really go through and maybe one day i'll go back to it but I'm just. I would, I, at this point, no, I don't. Don't bother. If you go back to any, do Dream Drop. Distance. That's probably what I will do if I do any. But I, I'm just. I'm yeah, just waiting it out now until Kingdom Hearts three comes out. I'm ready to. It's close. I'm ready to dive into so that. So close. I am. I'm actually pretty I'm scared, damn excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm anxious about it, but yeah, I just can't wait to pop that disc in my PS4, and then anyone who tries to contact me that weekend can get stuff. If I'm uh, off the radar, if you are, uh, if you didn't like us when when Persona Five came out or when Red Dead was out, you're gonna hate us for like the next month. So um, apologies. Uh, I think how we d- we tackle Kingdom Hearts should be differently because that I is a game will. that yeah we get like the overall story of that. It's not really something that anyone's gonna care about unless they really play Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, we're gonna I think we might but, um, we we'll might figure that out later. We'll figure out something and we'll do like a, a, a Kingdom Hearts focused episode so you can skip the yeah. entire thing if you want. But um, Yeah, because I mean I think it'll be I'm super keen to talk about how a game's gonna play and all that. Mm-hmm. But as for the actual story, that's gonna be even when I finish the game I'm still gonna need to sit down, process it, maybe go and read some some summaries of that oh. so I know I was on the right page and so, then I might be comfortable to talk about it. So many wiki pages are gonna be like oh yeah so many yeah just i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get a collection of reading material i think together um but yeah so i just wanted to update everyone on that uh that i have officially you know stopped my journey to kingdom hearts but i am nonetheless very very excited uh and cannot wait to play in a couple of weeks but um so soon yes Uh, a couple other things that i've played a little bit of i started i picked up the um the, the nonary games on sale over Christmas. Um, and uh, if you don't know what the Nonary games are, they are the Zero Time games or the Zero Time series, I guess. Zero Escape. Zero Escape, thank you. I knew there was it was Zero Something series, yeah. <laughs> um, I was getting confused because the last one was Zero Time Dilemma. But uh, So I started playing 999, which is the, ver- the first in that one. It's a, uh, a DS game that's been sort of ported to uh, to consoles. Is it on Xbox and stuff as well? I'm not sure. I actually don't. I don't know. It honestly, oh. I would I would be surprised if it was. Yeah. This is a very Japanese centric yeah, game, and I think true. it's only. I think it is on PC. It's on Steam. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yep. Um, uh, but I'm I'm not sure about Xbox. But basically, I guess if it would give my impressions of that, what I feel about like my my one line description of it would be if you took like a visual novel and mixed it with an escape room. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's and look, it, it's great. It does it really well. I actually really like it. Um, I just haven't gone back to it since because it's been really lazy. But um, might go back to it tonight. Actually, might go play some after I, we finish recording. Um, I implore you to get through nine 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 so you can get to the yes. Boy, Virtue's Last Reward and Zero Time Dilemma. Some of the most satisfying visual novel content I've ever played. Right. Okay. Um, and so if, good, if, especially Virtue's Last Reward. <laughs> yeah, like I'm looking forward to it because I've, I've heard high praise from you and also from our really good friend Ben. Um, this is kind of like his shit. This is his jam. He um, got me into it and I was just like, yeah. oh, I guess I'll give it a try. Virtue's Last Reward was a plus game. I'll try it. Yeah. And um, I was like... On my Vita. 
but it's so good. Well, the reason I decided to pick it up, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I mean, like, why I decided to pick it up, but um, you've probably heard me talk about it before, that I do, like, run escape rooms at my job. Like, that's my my area of expertise at work is, is escape rooms. I'm terrible at them, but I really enjoy the mechanics behind them and how they work. And so being able to play a video game that essentially is just an escape room is really kind of cool and it's almost like a research for work so uh yeah it's really neat i'm not Uh, sure if you can implement these sort of escape rooms yeah look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put any i'm not thinking about putting any uh red or dead devices in my rooms any anytime soon (laughs) Um, the best i to be fair you know maybe could be a way to to get rid of some people that's fine you know this took a turn i look hey it's got dark. It's been it's a dark place. It's been school holidays, man. Like, look, I some, hear you, man. I hear some you. of the some of the shit people do to my rooms is just like, oh man. If no, anyway, I, I'm clearly joking. No, but, we're talking. We're not talking about work, Joel. We're talking about things we like. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We're talking about things we like. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm fairly early on. Um, I think just for your uh, point of reference, Karen, I think the last thing I, was, I did was get out of the freezer. If that makes any sense to you. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Um, and yeah, so have you, got, have you got your first ending yet or not yet? No, not yet. No. Okay, that's right. why I'm, I'm sort of you know taking my time with them. But uh, I yeah, I'm feeling it tonight. I'm going to get back to it. But I'm really enjoying it. It is really cool to set to have that sort of like escape room element to it, where I'm like I sort of know how they work, so I know where to look. Almost, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Look here, here. Yep, all right. I did get stumped on the first puzzle, but it's just because it was one part of the area that I wasn't clicking on i didn't think so, i could yeah, click on you will find that happens sometimes in these games mm-hmm. and it is a it's probably a flaw to this sort of game mm-hmm. but you'll, you'll get you'll get at the hook of just sort of really just tapping everywhere sometimes well that's it and that's i think too being at like being a port of a ds game i think they're yeah, playing this on ds would have been excellent because having the styles and being able to go yep cool check there oh, yeah. yep um it just feels a little and it's not bad. I still really enjoy it, but it feels slightly cumbersome the way that specifically. They I think you could. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I didn't play. I only played a little bit of 999 on the DS because you you could also use the stylus to sort of make notes as well. Oh right, that would be very handy actually. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. The only thing that I don't know if it's they they probably had it in the other one as well. They've got the um, I can't remember what it's called. The calculator that you can use to figure out. The square root thing. Yeah, yeah, digital square root calculator, yeah. So, yeah, that's not in the other ones, but it's, when you play them, you'll see, like, that's very specific to 999. Right, yeah. I kind of gathered from, like, a lot of yep. the, the nine, uh, like... There's a lot of nines. Yeah, there's a lot of nines. Like, the fact that when you get into a room, you've got 81 seconds to get to a dead to sort of deactivate it, when I'm like, eight plus one is nine, which is a digital root of... The... Anyway... I'm going into the whole thing a bit, a bit too much, but yeah, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, yeah, it really is. But if you if you like visual novels that have like some sort of gameplay element to them as well, um, highly recommended. Uh, again, then try Persona Five. But if then try fucking, yeah, games. fucking <laughs> yeah. If you've listened to our show and you haven't at least tried Persona Five, like I, I know. that's my favorite visual novel RPG. Yeah, hell yeah, it's my oh, it's just my favorite games of all time. Um, it's very good. But yeah, oh, actually. Slightly, again, slightly off topic, but we men- I mentioned Persona. Uh, you will be interested to know this, Joel. Mm-hmm. And anyone else out there who is listening, uh, if, it's, if, if it's still up when this episode goes out, 
uh, there are a couple of plus themes available for Persona 3 and 5 dancing games. <gasps> Shit, Kyron, I'm going. I'm pretty oh. sure I tagged them both today. There was a hilarious typo in Persona 5s. I'm not sure if I fixed it now, but it was spelt like P-E-R... S A N O, and I was like, "Well, you kind of got it. You sort of got it." Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they're, they're just like they're pretty simple themes, static image, but plays music, a song from the game. Oh which, god, I'm in. I'm in. For me, I was like, "Yes, that, that's yes, it. That's all I let's need." Go, fuck. Um, so to sidetrack as well. Pisano sounds like a knockoff passion fruit soft drink. It it does. <laughs> I'm gonna have a nice tall glass of Pisano. Pisano. <laughs> oh god uh but yeah apart from that the only other thing i really played which i've i spent a bit of time with but i haven't oddly enough haven't felt the the drive to go back to it for a couple of reasons but i do want to try and get back to it uh is the missing uh jj macfield and the island of memories is the full title i believe um i just pulled that out of my head and i'm i'm 99 sure that's correct so um yeah, this is a like a 2D platformer, narrative-based platformer, I guess, uh, from Swery, uh, who's responsible for Deadly Premonition and the upcoming uh, The Good Life. And yeah, this is my first venture into a Swery game, so it's taking some adjustments. Um, I think you'll you'll agree with me on that one. Uh, Kyron? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, it, it, I think I described it to someone the other day. It's like, it, it, it handles like a school bus. Um, it just feels really like chunky to control. Um, like I said, like be ready for good life to play like this. Oh Not yeah. Cause this, this is obviously a 2d platformer. Mm-hmm. The other one's like a 3d sort of like you'll have more free movement, but just like, Sweary games have a reputation like they're always so intriguing and interesting, but not perfect. No, no. Uh, There's a reason they're cult hits and not like smash hits. Yeah, and I think I'm glad I did play this now before the good life, which has sort of prepared me for it. But um, the basic premise from what I've got from the story anyway so far is that um, you're on a camping trip, you're playing as JJ on this camping trip with your, I'm a, I think girlfriend. Um, they they seem like they're like in a relationship um more than just friends so uh yeah and then she disappears and you sort of follow after her for a little bit until some something happens and JJ meets an untimely end but then discovers that she can reform her body so that's where the main gameplay mechanic hook of the game comes into it is that you can die um but there are parts where you won't be able to access somewhere. Say that there's, um, I'm trying to think of a really good one. There's there's a part where there's like a saw blade spinning. There's a platform above it that's got like something I need to get to. Um, to get up there, I had to throw myself into the saw blade and tear myself apart uh, and fly up into it, it, because of the way that the um the saw blade was spinning. It flicked me up into that spot. Um, so it's all about using dismemberment and uh, literally setting yourself on fire at some points uh, to solve puzzles. Um, so you can imagine it's pretty heavy. <laughs> it's not a jolly game. Uh, there are some light 
comedic moments to it as well. But on the whole, it's very dark. Um, I hear the story is really good, and that's the main pull for me. Yeah, I'm I'm still unraveling it at the moment. I'm still not a hundred percent sure what's going on or what the what the narrative is trying to tell me at this stage. Um, there's some interesting interactions as well. A lot of the dialogue is delivered via text message. So you get messages on your phone. And then when you reach certain points, like or I think get a certain amount of collectibles, you'll get a bunch of new messages from your, I think from the past, from other characters in JJ's life. And you sort of get a feel for who she is. It's almost, it gave me a little bit of like a, a, um, uh, a normal lost phone vibe in a way, like reading through these messages and like piecing together bits of this, of this girl's life. Um, it's, it's interesting is the way I'll put it. And I think I've not played anything that has this type of gameplay mechanic. Um, I mean, hey, that's something, right? Like, it, well, that's it. Like, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not enjoying it cause I, I, I'm pretty sure I am. Um, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I think. <laughs> like it's just, I, 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 I think I'm just getting a little impatient. I was like, I just need, I want a little bit more of a, a hook. I haven't yeah, received look, that hook yet. That's like, yeah. this is the narrative hook that's going to drag me to the next point. Swery um, games also demand patience. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, discovering that. So, um, but look, if if you've played a sweary game before, you you know what you're in for, and you've probably either a already played this or it's on your radar. But you should probably check it out. Um, I'm playing it on the Switch at the moment. Uh, I'm really really enjoying it uh, as much as I can. Um, Karen, I, I want you to play. There's some stuff in there that I just want to talk to you about. Yeah, look, it's it's definitely gonna. I'm gonna get to maybe after Kingdom Hearts. There's yeah. a bit of a Bit of a gap in February. I might check it out in Feb. I don't know what the length on it's like as well. I should probably. I might even look up how long I, it is and and see I how. I doubt it's too long. Yeah, it's it's it feels like a like a side project game, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all. I think it just feels like yeah, it's well, a I mean, sm- much smaller game. We were never there. That he is full in on good life, so yeah. this has just sort of come out before that. Sort of yeah. It's like yeah, probably like a little little thing he was working on. Published by Arc System Works as well. Wow! Yeah, cool. I, I I saw that when I when I went to buy it on the Switch, it was like Arxis Works, and I'm like, huh, okay, all right. I mean, they're, they're publishers too. Yeah, they're I was like, develop. Yeah, you fucking all right, doing a good job. Um, but yeah, I I might I once you've played it, and once I've maybe played a bit more of it, or even finished it, I'd like to revisit it and have a good chat about it because, um, yeah, there's just there's one thing that you can do in this game that just what happens every time you do it just Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. And yeah, <laughs> like it just, whew. it's on my list. Yeah. Awesome. But um, apart from that, yeah, like you said, you sprung me. I've been playing a whole bunch of Into the Gungeon because I am a sucker for that game. And my Switch sold you out. It was like, hey, Jolly Max online playing fucking, Into the Gungeon. You know what's, like, what's yeah. funny? Every time, I, every time I sign in to do it and I see that you're online, I'm just like, should I just make myself... I don't. I don't know if I want him to know that I'm playing it. The way or that's we play other games. <laughs> I had that thought the other day, and I'm just like, people are gonna see me that I'm. I'm not. I'm not playing something new. I'm playing a game that's like three years old, <laughs> um, and have spent over a hundred hours playing and haven't finished it. Like, yeah, that game consumes me. But roguelikes aren't made to be finished. They no, can be finished, no. but they're not. Does it's not the main idea behind them? I know, but man, when you do, whew, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. I will likely never know. Yeah, that's fair. I man, there's just this, there's this one enemy that I get to in Enter the Gungeon. It's a boss fight. It's always on the fourth floor, and it's 
I've heard that there are different ones you can get, different boss fights, but I always seem to get this one every time I get to the fourth floor and get to the boss room. And it's called the... I can't remember what it's called. It's like the Wall of Death, basically. And it's just a wall that moves towards you that's got like a giant face on it and it shoots bullets and sets the ground on fire and it's just fucked. And there's like a specific... I've read like strategies of how people have done it and there's specific items that you'd need to get to get to it, like that make it a little bit easier. And I'm just like, man, I just... I just want to see what's past it. I just want to see what's past it, but one day maybe. I'm like, maybe I'll maybe I'll play that instead of Nerdery Games. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. But that's all from me, uh, and that's I think about it for our quest log this week, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, that about wraps it up. Love it. A tight hour. I like it. All right, I think it's time we keep rolling with our first regular episode of 2019, and it wouldn't be a regular episode without checking in with everyone's favorite news game, podcast game. That works. Uh, dope or no, nope? No, I don't know. <laughs> dope or nope? All right, Dope or Nope is our uh, news segment of the show uh, where we each bring some news stories to the table and we decide together if they are dope uh, or uh, we decide to, if they're dope, we read through them and uh, discuss them at great length. Uh, and if we say that they're nope, we move on and forget they existed. If uh, one of us dopes and one of us nopes, the person who doped the story gets a very small amount of time to state their case for the story before we move on. Uh, without further ado, Karen, shall we jump into it? Let's do it, Joel. Let's go. Alrighty. Uh, I would like to start off with something that's a little bit lighthearted uh, okay. that popped up the other day. Um, well, a few days ago now, um, but I thought it was hilarious. And actually, I've, uh, after reading this article, there's a little bit of um, bit of a nice side to it as well. Uh, it's the Kansas City Royals put their scoreboard to good use with a 105 foot tall game of Mario Kart. Oh God! <laughs> what do you say, Karen? Um. I guess it's a dope. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's. I remember seeing this pop up in my in my feed. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was really fun. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently there was a, uh, a like a the Kansas City uh, Royals, which are the Kansas City's baseball team in the MLB in America. Um, <clears throat> they are. Uh, one of the news choppers from one of the local news choppers was flying over their stadium and spotted uh, a giant game of Mario Kart going on on their scoreboard. And uh, everyone was a little bit worried, saying that, you know, maybe someone was stuffing around or, uh, you know, slacking off on the job. Uh, but apparently, though, Kyron, it was a, a charity fundraising event. Uh, and it was a nice. dry run for a potential charity auction. Uh, this ah. comes, yeah. So there's a good side to this story um, that I thought was worth bringing. I was going to bring it anyway because I thought it was pretty funny. But knowing now that there's this nice side to it, I'm like, this is pretty. This is pretty jolly. Uh, this is coming from Polygon. Um, the Royals charity has been in, in existence since 2001. Uh, an officially sanctioned part of the Royals organization, the nonprofit's mission is to support children, education, youth, baseball, and softball field renovations and military families in and around Kansas City area. Uh, in 2017 alone, it contributed more than 2.3 million to 143 organizations. Um, and 
uh, according to a a tweet posted by Tom Martin, who I think was one of the reporters who originally post uh, posted the um the the footage from the the, the news helicopter. Uh, apparently you might be able to bid on a video game party at Kaufman Stadium um, where, you can, where fans will be able to play the game of their choice on the one-of-a-kind Crown Vision system. Um, so yeah, apparently, yeah, the Royals, he, um, he retweeted a tweet from the Royals Charities that says, this is a part of a Royals Associate fundraiser with us to kick off the year. You may even see a video game party on Crown Vision as an auction item in 2019. Um, so if you're listening to us and you live near Kansas city and you think that might be something you want to get in on, um, and you've got a lot of money cause I feel like it's probably going to cost a lot, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was really neat. And, uh, there's some footage floating around. You've probably seen it. It's been around the internet the last week or so. Um, but yeah, it's a 105 foot tall and 85 foot wide electronic scoreboard ridiculous I mean, yeah that's what I, honestly like that's the dream is having a screen that size oh absolutely how many times do you you've always had that conversation with someone at more than one point in your life where you're like oh, you're sitting in the cinemas waiting for a movie to start and you're like man i'd love to just play a game of smash on this right now wouldn't As you I say yeah you could probably you could probably actually play an eight player game of smash <laughs> yeah i know it'd be nice it'd be like you could use <laughs> like great, great cave offensive and actually see where you are <laughs> yeah exactly it'd be, it'd be a viable map um yeah i i, I they were talking about this on uh, on kind of funny, um, and I'm, I think uh, Tim Geddes was saying he actually got to go play. Can't remember which Halo game it was, maybe Halo Two or Three, uh, on an IMAX screen as part of a promotion before the game came out uh, when he was younger. And he said it was like that was the dream. And you're right, it is. It's the dream to play video games on on a, on a screen that big. Um, I think there's a place in Melbourne. There's like a, a cinema in Melbourne that you can rent out for like private events and you can, they can set up games consoles and stuff for you in there. And I'm like, man, that'd be, that'd be really good. That'd be real fun. I mean, I'd be have... surprised if that, if that business didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, it, especially for something like a, like a bucks party or like a, like, like a, uh, you know, big old like guys night out or something like that, or just a, a fun birthday party. That'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. Um, I'll look into it for my birthday next week. Maybe we'll hook <laughs> we'll, we'll it up. Uh, but yeah, that's my first story I thought I'd bring to the table. Nice and simple, but lighthearted and fun. Bit of jolly news to start off with. What do you got for me, Kyron? Joel, I'm bringing a bomb. We've got a mm. big one. We've got a big juicy one. It dropped on Saturday, just passed. And okay. I'm still sort of processing the news myself. Okay. The headline itself summarizes it, but the conversation that it that it opens up is incredibly intriguing. Mm-hmm. Bungie parts way with Activision Blizzard, and it's taking Destiny with it. I had a feeling this might be coming to the story. I had this one here as well myself, but um, it's unavoidable. I, yeah, look, I, I think it's something we definitely need to talk about because this is this is pretty fucking big. <laughs> it's um, huge. This is big news. Um, so yeah, give me the, give me the rundown, Kyron. All right. So basically, how this all sort of started was Activision's like Twitter account posted a tweet. Uh, it, it, the tweet itself read, "Thank you, Guardians. It's been an honor and, and a privilege to help bring the world of Destiny to life for you." And on that tweet was a little image, which was a joint statement from Activision and Bungie. Today, we're announcing plans for Bungie to assume full publishing rights and responsibilities for the Destiny franchise. Going forward, Bungie will own and develop the franchise, and Activision will increase its focus on owned IP and other projects. 
Activision and Bungie are committed to a seamless transition for the Destiny franchise and will continue to work closely together during the transition on behalf of a community of Destiny players around the world. So Hmm. the first big takeaway here is that it sounds like it was all pretty above board, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems um, pretty legit, yeah. Yeah, right? The interesting thing is... I've got to find the tweets now. Uh, Jason Schreier was tweeting... (laughs) Oh, God, here we I go. I love any time a sentence starts with, like, Jason Schreier. You're like, oh, shit, stuff's going to go down now. I've got I've to find it now. Mm. But, um, because I think, not to say that we saw this coming. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole situation with Bungie and Activision and the, and the state of Destiny had been weird for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, so basically Jason Schreier tweets about how like, there was a meeting where they announced the news and Bungie staff cheered quite loudly. Okay. They seem, so they seemed pretty emphatic to be away from Activision, but also to just have control over Destiny. Right. Uh, and, I... and he does He does also note that they cheered pretty loudly in twenty in 2007 when they split from Microsoft, so... Yeah, yeah. well, and, and look how that turned out, but I mean... Exactly. Look, to be fair, I guess all, all thoughts about Activision aside... They got to they got to take a chance on something new and do something different and has been relatively successful, you know all, you know, grizzles and and and, uh, and blips on the radar and bumps on the road uh, aside, it's been pretty successful for them and I, you know, it's only just started to slow down a little bit now, maybe a little bit earlier than their their ten year roadmap that they originally uh, decided. Uh, uh, like outlined in their first uh, publishing deal. We got pretty far in though. I think we got mm. like seven or eight years into that 10 year deal. Mm. So, well, actually, no, it was supposed to be a seven year thing. So here over on Polygon, it said they, that they uh, Bungie signed a publishing deal with Activision in 2010. Uh, and originally the plan was to release four destiny games and four game expansions between 2013 and 2020. Uh, the schedule lagged when the first destiny was re- delayed for nearly a full year. Um, so yeah, uh, okay. yeah, it's uh, it's but, good um, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I so the big thing here is, it's a lot like Activision are kind of like the bad guy in the industry. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see if Destiny does actually improve. I'm not saying it won't. Yeah. But if it doesn't then it does put the spotlight back on Bungie as maybe exactly. being a part of a problem. I honestly think it's going to get better. I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen immediately. It's going to take some time to sort of work through. Uh, I The interesting um, caveat to this as well is I think, depending on how the publishing rights work out and all that, I think people might be more willing to embrace the Eververse stall because... Yeah. It was hard to bite on the microtransactions when Activision was just sitting above them going, hey, we've got basically infinite money. But yeah, true. If if Bungie themselves are self-publishing it, I don't know how, what their financial, situa- like their financial situation is or anything like that, but I think it will earn more goodwill. Yeah. And you, if you, yeah, it, it feels a bit better to drop that coin on, on microtransactions when you know it's going directly back to the developer of the yeah, game. Yeah, like straight yeah. into Bungie, which will then they'll in turn put it straight into Destiny. So Exactly. So you're funding your... If you're having a good time with the game and you want more of it, you're helping them fund the, the next steps 
Yeah, um, because I mean, I, again, I'm sure Bungie has some a pretty. They've got to have some decent cash reserves, but at this point, they're sort of going independent. And Destiny is a expensive game. Lots of heavy reliance on online infrastructure, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine is cheap to maintain. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, well, apparently they struck a deal with uh, in 2018 with Chinese internet company NetEase to establish the game maker as a global multi-franchise entertainment company. And interesting. They got a $100 million investment oh, from NetEase right. I do to help remember the studio this. build new teams and new worlds. So, so, yeah. Do you think, like, how far off do you think Destiny 3 is? Do you think they move on to that or do they support Destiny 2 longer and sort of... Because, I mean, that game started off good, yep. ran out of steam, and it sort of had a patchy go of it since Forsaken, which I hear is good. Yes, I have heard good things about that. Uh, so, I, like, I... Yeah. It I seems... Gonna say, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, it, it sort of makes sense to sort of, tr- like, put more time into that, because I think the framework to Destiny 2 is still very strong, and they could Absolutely. still salvage something there, rather yeah. than running straight to Destiny 3 and potentially, like, uplifting the fan base again and making him start again from scratch. Yeah. So, uh, look, I think best case scenario, we get a tease for it at game awards this year. Like for absolute, third destiny. Yeah. For, for the future of destiny. Anyway. Oh, okay. 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 Um, so uh, th- that's what I feel like might be the case just to, to go, let all this stuff that's happened at the start of the year, like the, the dust settle. And then for them to come back, like go completely silent, except for you know, continuing to support Destiny Two, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. As much so as they their can. The roadmap with... hasn't changed, I don't think. Okay. All right. So I I feel like yeah, twenty seventeen September twenty seventeen was Destiny Two. Um, maybe around that time we hear something. Maybe Bungie do a stream. Um, is there like a, a like a, a, a um annual community day that they have i feel like there is one. Oh, i can't uh, remember off the top of my head bungie has a day they do yeah i it's... forget which day it is it's, a, it's sort of because it obviously started with halo and all that it, they mm-hmm. do have a day though yeah so depending on when that sits True. um that might be a time for them to at least even start the conversation and be like hey we know what you're thinking here's what we're planning and what we can say for now rest assured destiny's back in our hands we're going to try and make it as best we can because they have been listening that's why forsaken is so good because it seems like they've listened to the community and what they wanted and those people that are playing it consistently and are going back day after day and grinding away at it and having fun with it they are listening to those people there was that disaster with the puzzle they just had as well oh what was that one i Look, I don't remember the exact mechanics behind it, but it was a puzzle that was, they were being super cryptic about it and it had a pretty easy solution, but like it was very obtuse as far as I can, I I remember I was reading that people were trying for a while to do it. Okay. Was that Um, that Niobe Labs I think so. I don't know. I'm only ever like, at this point for Destiny, I've sort of got my ear to the wall as it's going on in the room next to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, I'm sticking my head in through the door every now and then just being like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, cool you guns. Know. yeah, doing the dad check in. Where I'm like, yeah. hope you boys are having a good time in here. Oh, I'll be back later. Little rascallions. Uh, would anyone like some fruit punch? 
I'm mixing up a batch in the kitchen right now. Does anyone want to play some Overwatch? (laughs) I hear that Super Smash Brothers is quite the game. Um, And your old dad's getting pretty good at it. Um, You guys keen for Anthem? (laughs) Oh, that's a, that, what, look... Once I've gone hands on with it, I'll I'll re readdress. What that. about Division Two? Yeah, that one not so much. Maybe not for me. Um, <laughs> Anthem Anthem's got got Iron Man going for it. So, um, but yeah, I look. I think this could be good. But I think you're 100 percent right. If if Destiny Three comes out or the next iteration of Destiny comes out, and there are issues with it that aren't just like teething issues at launch and all that sort of stuff that online games go through. Uh, if it is an ongoing thing where it's like, ah, there's not enough content or there's yeah, the content that's there doesn't feel like it's it's pretty satisfying. There's a lot of it, but it doesn't feel satisfying. If it's something like that, then I think we need to take a hard look at what Bungie's doing and maybe Destiny as a franchise as well. It must be terrifying making these games oh, because God, yeah. like as you're developing and you're like, cool, like we've got this game, like it's it's the, the content, like the the campaign is done, but it's ready to ship. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to finish this in like a week. Like yeah. a week. And then yep. you're like, more please. It's like, oh, I'm trying. <laughs> well, here's the thing though, I guess. It, do you think that Activision, that, that might have been Activision where they're like setting deadlines. Like, no, you have to hit this deadline. So it has to be at this, this day. I mean, maybe. Like Activision is a pretty big publisher, but I don't, I don't know. It's it's such a tough thing to, to like guess at mm. because it sounded like Destiny... Like, it wasn't doing so crash hot for them. Like, I think it made good money, mm-hmm. but, like, the buzz around it before Forsaken was pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And, and I mean, look, I had fun with it, but, you know. Yeah, look, Destiny 2 at launch, I had a great time. I don't even remember why I dropped off. Why did we stop playing? Because we... I think something else came out. Maybe it was that. Was, I don't know, because yeah. all in all, we were more much more positive about 2 than the first one. Because it was grindy, yes, but like the grinding was fun, and the very the variance in the grind was enough that it didn't feel overly repetitive in a negative way. Yeah, um, the loop, was, the the gameplay loop was good. Yeah, absolutely, and like teaming up with mates and like jumping online and like squatting up together was super fun. Like I remember having a ball with that. Still, but... some of the best shooting this gen that I've that I've played. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I mean like the, the, if, if nothing else. Um, Bungie know how to make a good, like how to make shooting feel good. So, Undoubtedly, yeah, they they they've that's their their thing, and they they haven't slowed the down shtick. with that. Yeah, they definitely haven't slowed down with that, and they've definitely improved and and uh, and worked on the formula. But all in all, when it comes down to it, it is still just solid shooting. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see where we go from this. Um, yeah. Interesting. I wonder why maybe Activision just wasn't happy with the returns and they were like, we don't want any part of this anymore. Maybe. There's, so there's, a, there's, there's things happening. Like people, Activision has been weird lately. Mm. Yeah. There's been all that stuff going down. Like after the... Just Blizzard in general, like people are concerned for them. Uh, yeah, this has happened and there was a thing, rec- like I think very recently, that their new CFO they hired got like a... um shit like a 12 or 13 million dollar sort of thing a bonus essentially so it's like weird little things where it's like he got a bunch of money whereas i mean not necessarily that's what caused like bungie and activision to split but i'd seen like 
people whispering about concerns over job safety. Obviously, it's a weird thing. It's a whole thing. But it I mean, seems, it seems to be a I, bit of a trend in the games industry at the moment. Yes, well, hmm. I, I, you, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. But you know what, though, all of this makes me happy that it seems like Activision is pretty hands off with Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Yes, it seems like they're sort of just paid from software to make an incredible game. And yep. they're happy to leave it at that. Well, uh, yeah, I guess maybe... It, uh, I mean, for all the bad press and the bad, you know, the the slander against Activision and whether or not it's justified, who know, like, you know, it, yes, maybe. But, I mean, they're a business, so, like, oh, they, yeah, yeah. They, they know that they know that From Software have a, a, a standard that they always seem to hit um, and that maybe, yeah, just being able to throw their hat into the ring with Sekiro and say, hey, we'll, we'll help with this so we can get a bit of a cut of the returns. Well, that's um, the thing, because Activision brings a substantial marketing opportunity to the table. Right, of course, yeah. Um, and I think, like, you know, the Soulsborne genre, I guess, in general, is it, as big as it's ever been at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, and every time that there's a new From game that's, you know, I mean, when we got that tease, the the Shadows Die Twice tease it was like that half second of footage (laughs) yeah like this time last year we were like what is it we need to know oh my god is it bloodborne 2 oh is it is it um fucking what's the the ninja game was gonna be oh tenchu tenchu is it gonna be tenchu or anything like that and it was none none of them um something else sort of like a weird combination of all of them yeah even like Like when people part tenchu part bloodborne part dark souls Mm mm-hmm even and even the fact that from like just decided to drop a fucking VR walking simulator essentially last yeah, year I know. as well that's peppered with bloodborne that like, uh, Easter yeah, eggs and stuff and that apparently Miyazaki I refuse to get is, excited. Miyazaki is regretting putting those in there now. Apparently, yeah, I bet he is. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Yeah, look, sorry guys, didn't mean to do that." And you're like, "Well, come on, you've got come on, seriously, think about the hardest of hardcore fans of your of People your games." Wants bloodborne too. <laughs> I fucking want Bloodborne 2. I haven't even played DLC yet. Um, but yeah, I look, I, I think it'll be interesting to see where Bungie goes from here. I, yes, like definitely. I said, I think you're 100% right that if if whatever the next iteration of Destiny is comes out and it's pretty lackluster after a few months like the rest of them, um, then yeah, we probably should take a, a, a hard look at whether or not Bungie has the clout that they did once yeah. before. Yeah. Needless to say, I will be keeping a close eye on Destiny as someone... I mean, heck, we already own Destiny 2 as a plus game anyway, so... True. Yeah, I, I have it on... I got it for free on PC as well, so... If there's ever a good sale on Forsaken, I'll, I might even jump back in if 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 yeah. Bungie can sort of win me back. Look, yeah. I Look, I wouldn't mind playing Forsaken. That Gambit game mode sounds pretty good. And it, sound, I'm not it sounds a, cool. I'm not a PvP person, but man, that sounds like a cool like happy it, it medium. It's a good mix of PvP. It reminds me of um, uh, was it Titanfall had like bots in the mix of your oh yeah yeah all, the, huge, all the, yeah. the grunts and stuff yeah 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 man Titanfall that's a that's a good game uh, rest in peace Titanfall I know I know <laughs> God just... EA got poor... their way didn't they they did fucking EA anyway um that's yeah, it though well... that was that was just the that was the biggest story that I'd seen this year already. And okay. I couldn't believe it came so soon in January. Um, yeah, I know, right? It's just nuts. I, waking up to that news, I was like, oh, shit, okay. Kicking things off. Um, 
I got some. Actually, most of mine are pretty jolly. Just gonna just gonna put that out there. Um, the Celeste DLC won't be ready on its anniversary, and it will be free. Dope. I actually had the story as well. Oh, really? Sick. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's supposed to be the uh, the thank you DLC that uh, Matt from Matt Makes Games uh, promised for for uh, Celeste. Uh, he, he has like tweeted out, I think, about saying that it's not going to be ready in time for uh, January twenty fifth, which is the first birthday of Celeste. Um, very close to mine. Um, but he did say he did share a few details about it. So. Um, it's going to be, they're going to be the hardest levels yet. Oh yes. Bring it on. Apparently they're going to be, uh, yeah, the, the, the fairway levels will be as promised hard after the current hardest levels in difficulty thoughts and clarified. So that's, yeah, that's on top of, I guess, maybe like the B side and C side levels. I guess I am seeing here. It's going to have no B side, no B side. Uh, and there will be no strawberries and, but there will be new items and game mechanics. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Yes. So, um, yeah, and it's going to be free for anyone who owns the game. So, which at the moment, if you've got an Xbox, it's free at the moment. <laughs> can I just, can I say, like, I I really like, it's, a, it, I mean, it's probably tougher for the, for the bigger developers, but when indie games do things like this, uh, mm-hmm. like obviously, because so Celeste is obviously getting this thank you DLC. I'm not sure what exactly it's going to be, but I did see today that the, um, the greedy Twitter account oh. was uh, like, we're like, Hey, I just wanted to thank everyone who played our game. They're, so they're working on something. Uh, it's, it might not be DLC like this, but if they're doing, they're putting together something as a sort of thank you for people for playing their game and supporting Ooh. it, which is just a cool little thing to do. Like a soundtrack or a physical copy. Maybe. maybe. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, yeah. man, I would snap up that soundtrack. It's got a yeah. solid soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Same as Celeste. I need to get that Celeste. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> It's on Spotify, isn't it? It's on Spotify, but I would, I would like a physical copy. Yeah, I do, I'm sort of. There's times like this. I'm really glad I don't own a record player because. Oh I yes, would, I'm the same. Oh boy, um, like watching watching um, awesome games done quick this oh. year. But Yeti was advertising their vinyls a lot. I'm like, oh, that is that is not something I need dangled before me. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Um, Especially because there are very very rumors that this year we will get a Silent Hill two soundtrack release on vinyl and Ooh, i'm just oh, I'm not a, i don't have vinyl but someone else who's got a damn good soundtrack yeah yeah so i'm like every time i think about the the persona 5 one and i already oh, yeah. I, I already own that one as well like on on cd but, but the persona like, 5 vinyls look incredible they look so nice <laughs> we, we are off topic <laughs> we are we are off topic um uh wouldn't be a dialogue options episode if we didn't um but yeah, no, this is this is cool. I'm looking forward to playing this. I should really go back to Celeste and try some of those B sides. Yeah, me too. Actually, um, I've got it installed still, and mm. I it's just I feel like I can't heap enough praise onto this game. It so was very good. high up in my in my goatee list. Likewise, and it's just so good. It's so if, good. If you if you haven't played it yet and you own an Xbox, it is actually one of the games with gold until the end of this month. Yes, so, it is free. So good opportunity no to pounce. Yeah. No excuse. It's just so good. Um, what do you think? I, I mean, it's hard to predict, but what do you think is in, uh, like in store in future for, for Matt Makes Games? Do you think they do another game like this or do they go back to making another party game and do like Titanfall? Did they, did uh, they tease something Titanfall. new already? Did they? Oh, geez, I'm behind on this. Hmm. Got, I've, got to, I've got to just double check. Because I've, I've, right. I've been obviously going through 
over the last few weeks, we're figuring out our top tens and sort of writing some bits and pieces out. Okay. And I swear that I saw someone teasing something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't Celeste. Mm. Oh, um, hang on, hang on. Oh. Here we go. What's this? Uh... You go ahead, Joel, because this might take some time. All right. Um. Yeah. No. Like I. I you know. Towerfall Ascension is still a really solid party game um, that's always fun to whip out every now and then and just play through. It's just got that Smash Brothers chaos to it as well um, that I really like. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I wanted to see them make them another platform or something like this. Whatever they do next, it's going to be amazing and it's going to have beautiful art and it's going to have a damn good soundtrack. Um, and I, and I, tight I, controls. Yes, tight controls. Like It's just a good all-round package. Like it, Matt makes games are like like primo indie developers at the moment i think especially post celeste they are just um ones to watch watch out for them and that like sabotage as well who made the messenger like those are like the the guys from last year that really just stepped it up a gear and were like we mean business we're not messing around here yeah for sure mm. i i can't find, it must have been someone else that i saw talking about it so right yeah. ignore <laughs> no but that's all that's all for that story it's uh it's it's uh, exciting to, to have some more Celeste coming. Um, I like the idea of thank you DLC. It's such oh, a yeah for sure. It's such a, a a lovely, jolly, good vibe uh, gesture, and I'm, for, I'm I'm here for it. For all the mixed, well, personally, my for my own bitterness towards uh, Mass Effect Three, the DLC they did for that as sort of like a farewell to the cast was pretty good. Yeah, and this seems to be the same sort of thing as like a farewell DLC. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's such a nice idea. Mm, yeah, because I mean, the game does wrap up with a pretty solid end point, but you know, it would be nice to check in with those characters one last time. Um, all right, Karen, what do you got for me next? Oh, okay, all right. I may as well just rip the bandaid off and get this one out of the way. Hey, Joel, what if I told you that... Uh, that ne- uh, that Bandai Namco were gonna throw a Dragon Ball Super <laughs> Games showcase. I'd you say that's dope. <laughs> I'd say that's pretty dope. And considering <laughs> that they would have a team, they would have um, I think the producer of both Xenoverse and the producer from Dragon Ball Fighters on deck. Right. Okay. I'd I'd say it's pretty dope. I'd say it's dope enough that we probably so delay dope. delay recording. One day, so that yeah. so one of our co-hosts could watch uh-huh. it and uh, yeah, get the okay, information cool. from it. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what, Joel? Mm-hmm. It. Mm. <laughs> I I. You know what? I brought this story, and I know you doped it to humor me. I almost want to nope it. <laughs> oh no! Look, I'll I, set the scene. I, so, yeah. They started just you know general introductions to the to the two particular developers. And, you know, it's fine. Like I, they were sort of congratulating him on Xenoverse and Fighters, and just sort of getting like talking a bit about the process of how these games came to be, which was fine. And then they talked about some new content for Xenoverse, which I'm like, fine. This content came out already, but I'm glad we're seeing it. I guess. Okay. And it's it's a content that sort of ties in with Dragon Ball Super Broly. So you know. New Gogeta, new Broly in the game, bunch of new parallel quests, blah, 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 blah. Great. More support for Xenoverse 2. And talked a bit about the photo mode that game's going to get. Okay. And then that was sort of it. Right. Uh, then the actual big announcement 
which was sort of spoiled by the Australian Classification Board a while ago. Yep. Was that they would be localizing Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission in April 2019 for Switch and PC. Right. So, unfortunately, yeah, as I said, the Classifications Board did spoil this by saying that it had been rated for, P- as a, for a PG for release in Australia. To which people were like, oh, I guess we're getting it. That's weird. Uh, but whatever, right? Joel, do you know what Super Dragon Ball Heroes is? Uh, I didn't until I looked it up just before we started recording. So, <laughs> Super Dragon Ball Heroes is a really weird Dragon Ball game that's actually a card game. It sort of seems like Dragon Ball Yu-Gi-Oh, right? All right. Yep. Cool. Right and up your alley. Honestly, I'm look, I'm not against it because Okay. One thing I do like about this from what I've read is it just goes it just decides what if Dragon Ball Canon was just crazy? <laughs> what, if, what if what if anything was possible? I'm like, sure. You know what? Why not? We've we've Dragon Ball's been around this long. Let's just go a little nuts. So, let's get let's get weird. Yeah, I like it. I'll give you some numbers. Okay. Uh, this game contains 350 characters. Okay. And 1,160 cards. All right. Okay. And. I would recommend watching the gameplay trailer because I don't even know how to really describe it. But you basically build a, a lineup of your team, which can be filled with just insane combinations of Dragon Ball characters who can now also learn insane combinations of popular moves. So, hey, you want to have a have an Android 18 that uses Spirit Bomb as one of the examples they use? You can now do it, I guess. Good for you. Sure, why not? Uh, um, so you say card game, is it like booster packs and stuff like digital booster packs or anything or is it like you buy the game and it comes with everything you need see that's the part i don't know about this because these games have been running in japan for about eight years now i think and this okay. is the first time we're really getting it right. i have to imagine that the cards at least the 1000 cards are all built into the game yeah and then, i'm not and sure it... about the unlocking process though right okay i assume you can you get booster packs though like i don't know i've never played a card game before yeah true like i mean like when i hear collectible card game i my mind immediately goes to booster packs for better or worse so yeah oh yeah yeah. and look even if those 1000 odd cards are in there they'll definitely be new ones and they'll definitely sell them to you oh yeah 100 percent. you know new movie coming out sure here's another yeah here's a card here's another set yeah, Super getting is back on the air. Here's another set. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Here we go. Yep. Uh, anyway, like that's sort of the main story from the for presentation. They talked about it for a while. They showed the game off and it's not fair, Joel. It's not, and it's not fair <laughs> because I, like you look at Dragon Ball Fighters in motion and mm-hmm. you just, I at least maybe I'm just a jerk. I just felt a little bad for Xenoverse and Super Dragon Ball Heroes this specifically like this one and like i will give a pass because it's a weird card battle game so like it didn't matter too much that the, the a lot of the, the character models looked like they were from like budokai 3 on the ps2 xenoverse on the other hand hasn't aged well right. again it's it's great but it's still getting support but when they were showcasing like gogeta doing all these cool moves from a new dragon ball super movie mm. it just didn't look nice Right. So then they finally got to the producer of Dragon Ball Fighters. Right. And I was like, "All right, here we go." Nothing. Basically, <laughs> here's here's essentially what it 
the guy asked her about season two, a season two of DLC, and she was like, look, I'd really like to, to tell you, but you'll have to tune into the Dragon Ball World Cup finals at the end of January to find out. It's like, are you kidding me? Right. Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, okay. All right. Why have why have them there? Yeah. And because if 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 you didn't have them there, everyone who is into the game would probably know that the, the World Cup finals were on at the end of January, and we'd be like, "Hey, that'd exactly. probably be a good time to announce it." I'll tune into that. You don't need to hype that. Yeah, I mean, they did also tease something not related to fighters, and Xenoverse would be present at the tournament. Who knows right. what that is? Uh, Goku and Smash. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Oh man, imagine. Imagine oh. the dr- the dream realized. Oh, if we get if 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 a Nintendo Direct gets at, like announced like the last Around week of January, <laughs> just be like, hang on a second, Goku in Smash, let's go. Oh, uh, dream is but real. yeah, it was as I, I think I, I actually tweeted this as well. In its defense, very true to Dragon Ball fashion, where it's like, you want to know what happens next for Dragon Ball Fighters? You'll have to tune in next time to find out. You're like, oh great, it's just like I'm. Like twelve years old watching Cheese TV, Namek's got five minutes left to blow up, and oh look, continued next time on Dragon Ball Z. Great, yep. see you tomorrow. They did the <laughs> like, they did the just... like the press conference version of them screaming and powering up for three episodes. Yeah, yeah it's right. just it's I get wanting to get people excited for these games, but you could almost have just put out like a, a an extended trailer for Super Dragon Ball Heroes and would have been just as good because like. People like they they were like it almost felt like they were hyping up the Dragon Ball Fighter stuff in particular. Right. It was a it's about a year since it came out. Mm-hmm. They were gonna have the producer there. It's like oh, you put you start putting all these pieces together. It it lead to you know to some big news. Yeah. And I more or less she did sort of say that new stuff is coming. Yeah. But I would have liked something more than I would like to tell you, but you'll have to tune in in like two weeks time to find out. It's like like. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit cheeky. It's a little bit yeah. cheeky. Um, so yeah, we we delayed recording a day for that, so that's good. <laughs> it's all right. Actually, it worked out better. I was pretty. It did. It did. Work. Night, like so. this has been much, much chill, much more chill. No, no, like time constraints or anything. But I was watching that before I went to work, and I'm like, just bummed. <laughs> oh no! I will probably pick up Super Dragon Ball Heroes, but it wasn't the announcement I came here for. Yeah, it's like I guess you know fine i'll bite i guess yeah it's, yeah. That, it's that comic of that guy yeah well he's answered it it's 100 what i was imagining yeah i guess yeah <laughs> god that's me on like a daily basis i swear yeah yes, um, i feel it <laughs> beautiful uh all right well i've got one more and then something else i'd like to talk about at the end as well so uh i don't know how you're gonna feel about this one i'm pretty excited by this one but 10 Cloverfield Lane director boards Uncharted movie. What do you now say? Now, this one, I mean, this one feels like a headline. I mean, it is, but I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about it. If, if, if you decide to dope it, I've got some things I'd like to talk about. All right, Joel, I'll yeah. dope it. I'm okay. doping it because I liked 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so did I, 100%. Um, so Dan Trachenberg is going to be, um, yeah, helming the the Uncharted movie. Which I mean, look, 
I'm still pretty much in the camp of like probably don't need it, but Pro- almost definitely don't need it. Yeah, but like, the hey, Uncharted got... games are already a very solid movie. Yeah, they're already super cinematic. But um, but I mean, it's Tom Holland's going to be in it, and it seems like it's going to be like it, it says here it's going to be it's going to chronicle Drake's first encounter with the professional rogue Sullivan. So it's going to be like how Sully and Drake met, which. Yeah, we saw okay. the Sullivan Uncharted 3, though, didn't we? Kind of, but, I mean, look, Tom Holland's really good, and I, I really like Dan Trachtenberg because, yeah, like you said, he directed 10 Cloverfield Lane, but um, he also directed uh, the episode of Black Mirror called Playtest, which was one of my favourites of that season. Um, one of my favourite episodes, actually. Uh, do you remember that one, Kyron? Is that the horror one? or The the horror video game one, yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with, the, the Kojima with one. The Kojima one, yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, it has, which, yeah that's the one. Which foreshadows Bandersnatch as well in that. It's on one yeah, of the, the magazines. Bandersnatch. Um, <laughs> I still really like it. Uh, I think it's interesting. but I still really like it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I really liked Playtest, and I think... He seems to be like he's a fan as well. So over, this is, I was looking through recent era. There's a thread about it as well. He um he made a video game short based around Portal as well, um called No Escape, which I actually haven't watched yet. I'm probably I might watch, go watch that after we finish recording. Um, but apparently, yeah, he's a fan of the, of of Naughty Dog in general. He's like in, on the 30th of May 2016, he tweeted, "Just finished Uncharted 4, incredible game, beautiful story." Uh, and on the 19th of June 2000, uh, 2013. Uh, he said, just finished The Last of Us. I'm overwhelmed. Such a complicated and layered experience. More powerful than any movie of the genre. Um, so, yeah, he's... I, I'm, I'm, you can tell that he's a bit of... He, he plays games and he's a fan of video games as well. If you watch that episode of Black Mirror, like, Playtest, it's not like, whoa, video games. What are these crazy things? Like, it's, it's written from a place... Well, I mean, it's written by Charlie Broker as well, who is the creator of Black Mirror and he used to be a games journalist before he um, started doing Black Mirror. So having like people on, he, he obviously had people on board that n- knew their shit with that story. Um, so I think it's a good fit. I'm still skeptical about the movie, but I'm a little less skeptical now, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I hear you. I just, yeah, it's just, I always approach any video game movie with just, with heaps of skepticism. Oh, of course. And I think, yeah, it's probably the safe way to be, but I'm like, ah, the worst case scenario, it's going to be Tom Holland cracking some jokes and it'll be kind of funny, I guess. Um, and like, yeah, Dan Trachtenberg knows how to put together like a, a, a good piece of, of uh, visual delight, I guess. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's in good hands. I mean, we'll see. Like, how many directors has the Uncharted movie gone through now? I think this might be, I think Dan Trachtenberg might be the th- Third, Sean Levy left, so he was the one who was previously attached to it, and I can't remember what he directed off the top of my head, but it, I wasn't super happy with that. It didn't seem like a good fit. And this... wasn't the one before him the one that was going to do like the essentially the National Treasure Uncharted movie? Yeah, maybe that was him. Hang on, let me look that up. It? Let me see if I can find if, it. Either way, like this, this film's all like it's gone through some people, so we'll see if this one actually takes any sort of physical form. Yeah, well, that's it, I guess, when it comes down to it. But, I mean, Sony really want this to happen, so... Oh, I bet they do. Okay, so, yeah, so, Sean Levy, let's let's go through some of his previous movies, and we'll just see why I'm a little bit more relaxed when I've got someone like Dan Trachtenberg involved. Uh, Night at the Museum, Real Steel, the Night at the Museum sequels, the classic, uh, The Internship, 
Um, date night, cheaper by the dozen. So you know, really solid classics there of cinema. Look, to um, be fair, like a, a a director can turn can turn it all around with a, with a single film. True, that's very true. I just they can they can just blow you away. Be like, you can be like, how is that movie that good? It just felt how, like how did you do that? Yeah, it just felt like I don't know. Uh, I just like looking at that, like his pedigree and feeling like what he, like they could do with the store, like with the Uncharted universe. I'm like, oh, that's going to make me sad. But <laughs> I, I'm feeling a little bit more relaxed with, with, um, with Dan Trachenberg because I guess, I guess we'll see. I'm we'll interested. See. Like, yeah. I would, I would agree with you. This is the most optimistic I've been, yeah. but I'm still keeping just enough skepticism so that it can't hurt me when it's bad. Yeah. Well, it's the same way I feel about that, you know, that if it ever happens as well, but with the Jordan Voigt Roberts wanting to do the, or I think he's doing it. I still don't really know the, the specifics it's so, of it. It's of, a weird gray area. Yeah. Of the Metal Gear Solid stuff. So like he's a fan of Metal Gear Solid and he knows the source material. So I'm like, all right, I feel more comfortable with that. But, you know, whether or not it can, actually happens man, I, and whether or not... I can see a Metal Gear movie almost so clearly. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, anyway. But I thought that was kind of fun, and I wanted to bring it to the table because I, 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 I just wanted to air my, my, my slight relaxation at the news. So, have you got anything else for me, Karen? I've got another, another big one. Okay. This is, again, much like the... Activision Bungie one. This is a headline that sparks an interesting discussion. You may have seen it. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It relates a game that you were pretty quick to brush off earlier, but I think it's worth not underestimating its potential value. Okay. The Division 2 won't be on Steam, but it will be on the Epic Games Store. I did have this one down, but I got rid of it, but not because I didn't want to talk about it, because I thought it was going to come come to a head anyway because this is juicy yeah this is real juicy um and i feel like this isn't going to be the first time we see a story like this this year (laughs) this is this is a this is going to be a this is feeling like a trend yes this is going to be an ongoing thing i think going forward which is um exciting in a way Mm. um give us the rundown karen Okay, so like I said, it is mostly the headline that sort of summarizes it. But mm-hmm. uh, so the Division Two, which is due out on the fifteenth of March, will be sold obviously on Ubisoft's own UPlay platform, which I didn't even know you could buy games from. There you go. <laughs> Apparently, you can. Uh, but also, it will be for sale on the Epic Games Store, hmm. but not Steam. This so this also sounds like it might be a deal going forward. It isn't going to affect Far Cry New Dawn, which is still available for pre-purchase on Steam. Right. But I think it'll be worth keeping an eye out for any future announcements that Ubisoft make for games and seeing yeah. if they pop up on Valve at all. Yeah, Ubisoft's uh, press conference this year just got even more interesting. Yes. Um, For E3. That's going to be, yeah. Like, whether and... they bring it up flat out, just openly say, yeah, all our games will be available on Epic Games Store from now on, on PC. And I'm, sh- I'm sure else. it helps that uh, the that Epic give a much better cut to developers. Of course, but man, this would be, this would be interesting with because I assume Destiny is going to stick around on the Blizzard on the Battle.net launcher at least Just, while Destiny Two is out. I think once we get a new iteration yeah. of Destiny, that's yeah, when they'll fully sever it. But yeah, um, and now Division Two, another big sort of like games as service game. Mm-hmm. Going to will be on Epic, 
and I mean, obviously Anthem will be on Origin. Like, yeah, true. You've got a lot of these big games that are that are really heavily focused on online multiplayer. Just skip in Steam and I, per- yes, yeah. I, but if you want to get if you want to get like lewd visual novels, Steam's your place. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. If you want to just <laughs> if you want to open up that storefront and look at like five pages of garbage, yeah. And then, like, two good games, then Steam is a place to browse. Oh, yes. I don't know. Like, I my opinion on Steam has not been great for a while now. Yeah. They're sort of... I don't know. They're so... They're so desperate to solve problems by... Ju- with with the, mo- the... Like, just the minimal effort, really. That seems to be Valve's motto at the moment. Like, yeah, like, you know... Let's just do. They, they they seem like they're getting super complacent and super confident in themselves. They're like, ah, yeah. we don't need to do that because it's like, well, maybe ten years ago, maybe, but it's it's people have moved on. Like, yeah, you, you don't realize that it's like everyone's got their fingers in their ears, going la 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 la, and just not listening yeah, well, to anyone around thing. them. Like Epic's just here, just swinging their their massive checks around. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I'm sure Steam isn't too worried yet, but this. This trend could very easily continue into this year as more games are announced for PC. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was it's going to, yeah. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see, I mean, not, I mean, if. I was going to say when, but I think if might be better. If Valve pivot just how they handle their business at all. Like, because we've seen them, like, when, when Greenlight was introduced, it was a very interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Like, letting letting developers sort of, pitch their ideas to people and hey if they get support bam can be made can be sold and some good games have come from that like i love Northguard, right it, it yeah. sort of came up through that system of course but the sad fact is the amount of garbage that was there and their lack of interest in moderating it as, as i'm sure many people who, who if you haven't watched it go track down some of jim sterling's um, <laughs> steam cleaner series there's some trash. Uh, asset flips, just all, all the worst sort of stuff there. Just giving a bad name to sort of small developers. Yep. And to see to see that was what Greenlight really became more than anything. And then people were like, look, Valve, you need to moderate this more. And their solution, I forget the exact like logic behind it, was basically like, okay, cool. Uh, pay one-time fee and we'll sell your game. It's so, like, okay, that's not a fix, that's, really. That's, that's just like, <laughs> this, oh, cool, this, this works for us, see? We get money. Yeah, but what yeah, about us as that well, we get money? And you have a store full of games. Mm. I wouldn't call some of these games. Yeah. I wouldn't call I them know. anything. But, yeah. No, me neither. It's, but, uh, yeah. It'll be good to see Valve hopefully taking down a couple of pegs. They need to sort of just refocus what they're doing with Valve, with Steam. It's just a mess of a store to open now. I mean, they're the YouTube of, like, game storefronts, like digital game storefronts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, YouTube's they, the same. They were the, they, they, they were at the peak of their game. They were the ones who sort of, like, brought that sort of style of uh, of digital delivery to the forefront and, like, built it from the ground up and went through all the bad times and got really good and everyone loved it and it was the place to go. Um, and then now, you know, as the curtains get pulled back and other people, like other competitors step into the ring, both YouTube and, and Steam are starting to get a little bit, uh, like on, on, uh, on, on unsteady ground, basically. Yeah. I mean, heck, I think the free Epic Store game this month is what remains of Edith Finch. It is. Yeah. A spectacular game. Yes. I mean, buy it if you can to support the developer, but yeah, just 
that's a that's a good get. It's a really good get. Um, I thought about downloading it and playing it again, but um, it's so good. Yeah, I really, really like good. that game. It's really good. Uh, yeah, no, this is interesting. I think, man, I know, I know, we're a few months, we're quite a few months away from it, but like. E3 is already shaping up to be very, very interesting, I think. There's going to be a lot of... Uh... We we could nearly just have an episode where we talk about what the hell could happen there. Yeah. Like Sony's not going there. Epic is is ready to just to just pay people. In America, Nintendo is now selling their like codes for their games on the Humble Store. Yes, I saw that. Like, jeez. <laughs> it's everything's all over the shop. Um, how long do you that... think it, How long do you think it'll be before like Epic steps into the ring and maybe has? their own press conference because i mean you know what joel they could nearly what they would have to do is just sort of take over the pc gamer show well that's it maybe if it was like the pc gamer show powered by epic game store yeah like that'd be the way to do it like pc gamer and epic present the pc gaming show and i could see it happening that is a way to get more people to view the pc game show because then all you have to do is all you have to do is just go also epic are announcing something new for Fortnite, and everyone will tune in like that's 100 percent what would happen and like that's not a bad idea yeah i'm e3 is going to be such a weird ride this year i i'm not even sure i'm ready for it yeah um i think that's a good idea though we might we won't put a pin in that and we'll come back to it yeah. that's a good yeah. idea we'll come back to that we, we'll come back and uh maybe chat about that in a couple of weeks time but um yeah interesting stuff it's like the the tides are turning it's uh getting interesting absolutely yes um uh do you have any more new stories current um, I had a little shout out I was going to do. This isn't a new story. This is actually just relating to Awesome Games Done Quick. Oh, yes. Uh, so they wrapped up their stream, their week long, their seven days straight stream on Sunday afternoon, just mm-hmm. passed. And their final tally raised was $2.39 million. Fucking awesome. That's so, so good. So good. Yep. Like, I can't, I cannot just emphasize how much I love games done quick yeah i watched a couple this year i watched um the earthworm gym 2 speed run oh nice that was, that was really good i really uh, i recommend tracking there's a there's a really good speed run of, of like sonic the hedgehog 1 oh, i did see that one because it's in the sonic block wasn't it yeah yeah and it had that real like the really charismatic guy running it who was he was so good i might watch that one yeah i've got it because i, I want to watch it I, I i'm waiting i don't know if they've uploaded it yet but i want to watch the celeste one which one the celeste one they should have uploaded it by now. They sort of have been going through the last couple of days doing it. Yeah, because um, I thought I was waiting for him to upload it, but it seems like they haven't put it up yet. And I'm like, okay, interesting. So that's that's one I missed. I need mm. to check out. I de- that's, uh, also, that's the one I'm desperately wanting to see. Very good Bloodborne run. I recommend checking Ooh, out. Actually, that's uh, a, yeah. also Dark Souls three, like all bosses, including the DLC bosses. Yep. Some just some really good runs. I saw there was uh, a uh, Octopath Traveler one in an hour. Yes, it's. It's so fascinating to watch a guy just dismantle that game. Yeah, that's that's just um, by, crazy. by knowing the the patterns and the order to attack in, just so good. Uh, that's awesome. What else is it? Really good, like four hour Twilight Princess run. Yeah, just really good games done quick. Raise heaps of money. I threw a bunch of money at them. Yep. Bought a bunch of shirts from Yeti. Nice. Just and summer games done quick coming up like in June. Yep. Bring it on. Let's go. Yep. No, awesome, awesome stuff. Um. Uh, was 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 that all you've got for to bring to the table this week? Uh, I just had a little thing as well about Kingdom Hearts 3's uh, post-launch content. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Which isn't really huge. It's just more so 
I did actually. The, I was going to bring that too. Actually, it's so I just want. It's the only thing. The only important thing to bring up is Wednesday thirtieth is when the epilogue will be added to the game. Yes, that was yeah. Thirtieth of January is when the epilogue is going to be added to the game. If I'm not finished by the thirtieth of January, abandon the internet. <laughs> <laughs> just get out of there. Yep. Yep. Oh, and, and January thirty first, the secret video will be added. Yeah, uh, that's so good. It's like. What, that's like three days, four days after? Yeah, I think something like that, yeah. That's, um... So, just yeah. abandon the internet. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out. I'm not going to look anywhere, anything Kingdom Hearts related. Oh. Um, well, the, the, only, the only other thing I had was I wanted to bring up something cool that we took part in this week that's going to be an oh, ongoing thing. Yes. Um, I thought it'd be a good point to bring it up now. That's why I was sort of leaving it to last. Um, So... Uh, we're both big fans of uh, Easy Allies, uh, and they have sponsors on their show through their their Patreon goals and things like that. You can be like a uh, a uh, different tiered sponsors and things like that. You can be a mega sponsor where you support two of their podcasts. Um, and they had a mega sponsor this week that got added uh, called uh, Fantasy Critic Games, um, and one of our good friends, Mister Broderick Gordes pointed that out to us before I had a chance to watch the podcast. I didn't know that's what it was Same from. here. Um, but yeah, basically, FantasyCritic.Games is a uh, fantasy football, but for video games. So the idea Video game is, reviews, specifically. Yeah, so the idea is you create, like, a publisher. Instead of having a team, you, you're a publisher. So you give your publisher a name, um, and then you get a bunch of friends together, and you run a draft where you all pick uh, four games each, uh, and uh, are games that you think are going to do well critically, basically, because it's all based off open critic scores. Um, so it's a really neat idea, and we we sat down on Sunday night and uh, and went through a draft with uh, all of our friends. A uh, lot of fun. I really really enjoyed, it, and I think it might be something fun that we might check back in on once things start. The ball starts get uh, to get rolling. Um, should we give a rundown of what we what we what some of us have picked and 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 things uh, as well? Do you want to just go through our teams, or do you want to go through everyone's? I think we should mostly go through ours. We'll go, uh, yeah, we'll definitely go through our teams. Um, yeah, we'll go through our teams and then we'll see. We might we might even check back maybe even next week. We might do like a special spot where we'll um, we'll check in on with every, everything because by next week there'll be one game that's on a certain person's list that might actually <laughs> be out by then. Yes. So, uh, and. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll check. We might actually have some results to come in next week. But um, do you want to take your, your picks first, Garen? Sure. So uh, I was lucky enough to get first pick on the draft, and then mm. from there it sort of went downhill for me. Yep. Uh, what was your, what's, your, what's your publisher name? My publisher name is Pixel Perfect Games. Solid. I like it. Yeah, I was, I was honestly, it came to me as I was literally watching the Celeste speedrun. I was like, Pixel Perfect. It's a good... Oh, good, there we go. It's a solid <laughs> title. It's a really solid title. Uh, so uh, my my four games that I that I picked were were Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, mm-hmm. Control, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Ooh. and Wargroove. It's a solid list there. It's a solid list. Um, it was re- it was interesting to sort of watch people pick because I mean honestly the big games got snapped up round one. Yeah, and then from there it's like okay now we've got to sort of sort of pass the list more and sort of try to pick the ones that might be really good and it was that was when it got interesting it's pretty cool because like everyone's sort of got like at least one solid game in their lineup that's going to do pretty well um yeah uh 
there's also a whole thing that we had to do with our, called a, a counter pick. <laughs> so basically the way that worked is once we all picked our four games, <clears throat> went through the draft, we all got to pick one counter pick. And it's basically we had to pick a game from the pool of um, games that everyone else had chosen. And we had to pick one that we think they picked, but we personally think might not do so well. Yeah, so it's important, I guess, worth bringing up that the, the, it operates on a point system. Basically, mm-hmm. I think, is it 70 is like the, the middle ground? Yes, I believe so. So basically, for every point over 70, if you pick that game for your team, uh, you get a point. Yes, yep. Uh, but for every point under 70 it goes, you lose a point. Yes. On um, the flip side being, if you counter pick when a game loses points, you gain points. Yes. And if it gains points, you lose points. Sort of, yeah. that's the gist of it. Yeah, so uh, what was your what was your counter pick? Come My on. counter pick was Yoshi's Crafted World. Oh, it's a, not a bad solid, uh, not I a just, bad uh, counter pick. I've played the last few Yoshi games, and look, they haven't been bad, but they've just been average. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, that could that could go that could go alright for you. I think look, it could go either way. But I, I out of the list of everyone's games they picked, I'm like, nah, I'm picking this one. Yeah, no, it's... There, there was another game I was gonna pick, but our, one of our friends took the fall for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. Well, my publisher's name was Rogues Like Us Games. Um. Of course it was. Yeah. Exactly. You know, playing on my my roguelike uh, uh love. Uh, and the four games that I picked were Doom Eternal, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, In the Valley of the Gods, or In the Valley of Gods, sorry, no the, uh, and The Outer Worlds. And I got not a, a single roguelike in there. Not a single roguelike in there, but i got to say I'm feeling pretty confident about my list. It's a good list. Just just safely, I think I'm going to do pretty damn well. Uh, Doom Eternal was like my number one pick. I'm like, that's going to be the one that I don't know if anyone else is going to pick first, but I think it's going to... Mm. It's going to improve on the original a lot, which already did so well, and I think it's going to do even better. So that's... I'm interested. I think... my hot tip. Because Doom 2016 was very... It was it was a smack in the face. It's like, whoa, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Doom is back and Doom is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Doom Eternal might have to do a bit more to, to prove it's a sequel. I'm not saying they can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm very interested to see what they do to wow people after how good Doom 2016 was. Because I... I I'm sure you could put out a game roughly as good as that and get good feedback, good reviews, but I think they might have to go above and beyond. I just, I think what we've seen so far of the game, uh, oh yeah, look, I think they're all, it already is looking like they are improving on that formula and 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 shaking it up even a little bit. Um, that sort of like multiplayer thing, like invading people's games and stuff, that that seems interesting. Uh, I want to see. Thank how that you plays out. from software. Exactly. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um, unabashedly so, but uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good. I think Ori is going to do exceptionally well. It's a good well. list. I think Ori will do very well. Um, my only thing is that I'm 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 concerned in the Valley of Gods might not come out this year, and that might stab me in the yeah. shoot me in the foot. But um, uh, yeah. and Outer Worlds could also go either way. True, I feel more confident that that's coming out this year though. Um, oh no, no, I think it's definitely coming out this year. I'm just thinking review wise. Oh, review wise. Yeah, look, I think a new Obsidian uh, uh, RPG that is like an actual RPG, and I think it, they, I, I have a feeling that their promotional material isn't going to lay off on the, the Fallout comparisons. 
Um, oh, I don't think so either. <laughs> Go for that jugular at I, this point. I honestly think the way that uh, the, 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 after the last couple of weeks that Gearbox have had, I wouldn't be surprised if they start going for Borderlands as well. Um, Honestly, when I, when they when the game was announced, I thought of Borderlands. Yes, and that's why I'm like, I think they might try and tackle that next, and that's why yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, but uh, my counter pick was the occupation pick by one of our friends. Um, he seemed pretty. He seemed to feel like that that was a, 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 like going to be like an indie darling game, uh, and from like what reading a little bit about it, I'm like it could go that way. But it also I also have the feeling that it could be a we happy few situation where it has like an interesting premise. It's been compared to Bioshock um, and could just sort of fall off the radar. So who knows? It's like trying to pick the indie darling of the year is so hard. Yeah. Well, it's all right. I, I, or in the will of I this man. I think uh, one, two, three, four, Four of us have at least have an indie game that could vie, could could push for that for that title. Yeah, which is interesting. If if in the Valley of Gods comes out this year, that could very much go that way as well. Because like Firewatch was oh, definitely the 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 hit of that year in terms of indie like narrative games. So oh for sure, one of our one of our friends picked Sea of Sea of Solitude, which I would not be sleeping on. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Yeah, um, I was almost going to make that my counter pick, but I feel more picked you. I, yeah, well, exactly. I, I feel more confident <laughs> about Sea of Solitude than I do about the occupation. I just wasn't sure about whether I, or not I mean, it would come e- out. Yeah, we'll definitely get it out this year. But that was the thing. We had a conversation about that, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I had a mate. I, I had a, I had a good we, feeling it was going to come out. We we had a. It was like a whole two hour conversation. <laughs> we should have yep. really recorded, honestly. I I did have that thought just after we started doing it. I was like, we should have we should have organized. It was, this. it was really interesting. It was good. It was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So there is uh how many of us are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us playing. Um, and basically, yeah, we go through the year and as the reviews come out for it, they get, we get points for it. Um, I believe we have to do a mid year, like report on yeah. like how things are going. Well, cause basically, so we picked four games and a counter pick. We've got three empty slots that we can now use our $100 budget, like mm-hmm. on the website, like not real money, obviously, yep. but we have, we have a hundred fake dollars to sort of bid on games in secret. Mm-hmm. and potentially win them for our team. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go if we fill our roster, if we can swap games over. I kind of am curious to see. Yeah. I think a few of us have sneaky bids on right now. We're waiting to see if they go through. Maybe maybe I do, maybe I don't. I maybe, don't maybe I have one. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I, don't, know how, I, don't, I don't know how confident I feel about one, my, my one. I bid on mine purely because I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> I'm okay. not sure how that's going to go for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. And like you said, it was a really good conversation. It was good to sort of like just discuss video games with, with friends and, and what we feel, uh, um, how they f- we feel they're going to do and, and well, also even, just get excited about games. Yeah. Especially because a couple of the ones in our league, not that they don't know about video games, but they're not <laughs> yeah. as, they don't, they're not as into the industry as some of us are. Well, but even then, like they've got some good picks. They really do. Yeah. They've got some solid picks. Um, even their uh, counter picks, like one of one of one of the yeah. one of the counter picks is actually pretty good as well. Um, I, oh, absolutely! I think it's a pretty solid counter pick. But um, yeah. Uh, well, the other reason I thought we we should probably bring it up on the show is that um, we do have stakes, and we do have uh, <laughs> we do have stakes. <laughs> we do have stakes. So basically, what we decided was we're all going to put in ten dollars. The winner basically gets the pot, essentially. 
I think that was what we decided, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Basically, we'll, we'll, it'll essentially equate to a game come yeah, the end of the year. Basically, yeah. You'll be able to purchase a new game. Uh, and then the loser, the person coming in last place, uh, has to play the lowest rated game. Uh, was it from our lists or was it overall? I think it was the ones that we, from the ones we picked. Right. Okay. So the lowest rated game from the one the games that we have picked uh, as a collective, um, which is still not a bad thing, actually. Like I feel like last place still gets a bit of a win in a way. Yeah. The only way it can go wrong, and look, I. It's nothing personal. It's just this is a if this game is the lowest reviewed one by some chance. Yep. I don't know how it's going to go, and that is Age of Wonders Planetfall, which yeah. got picked by one of our friends. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a PC-exclusive RTS. Yep. Yeah, we, look, we might have to readdress that uh, at Yeah, at but I think that thing has quite meaty requirements of your PC as yeah. well. Yeah, we we might even fine-tune the, the, the stipulations. Yeah. That still, we, maybe, it's only January. I did have the idea of maybe potentially, like, the rest of the team, like, the rest of the league, apart from the person who lost deciding on a bad game for that person to play. Yeah, I mean, that, that might work. We, 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 we have to discuss this with the league. We do, but um, but that the, the, we'll, we'll, you'll, we'll check back in this over the over. Yeah, the league, and but... honestly, if you're out there listening and this sounds fun to you, head over to fantasycritic.games and get your friends together and make a league. Cause, Absolutely. And please like let I us said, know. We... Let us know. I'd love to I'd yeah. love to jump in some other leagues as well. We the Just like the good solid two-hour discussion we had as we sort of did our drafts was just so much fun. It was, it really was. Um, the final part of the stakes are for the losing person as well. The, the, the game that they play, they have to come on our show mm-hmm. and uh, present a report based on uh, their time <laughs> oh, with God. the game. So uh, we will have a special guest joining us at some point later on in the year. I'm um, so curious to see which of those games, which of those people it is and which of the games they have to play. There's some pretty, there's a pretty funny situation that if, if a certain bunch of uh like requirements don't happen um might be really funny the fact that they he, that he, it might make his appearance on the show um <laughs> so we'll see but uh yeah i just thought it would be good to bring that up and uh we'll probably check yeah. back in with that in a few weeks well we'll check in as the games come out yeah like, yeah like you said like one of them is coming out this week yes yes this thursday the first of these games comes out and uh we'll We'll see how that goes. Mm, yes. We might, yeah, go through... Uh, when that does, we might go through the other people, some other people's lists and uh, and go through their business as well. Yeah, like once that game comes out, I will be more happy to sort of go through the list. Yeah. Because the season will officially started then. Yes, 100%. Um, cool. Awesome. Well, that's, uh, I think that's about it for Dope or Nope. Do you have anything else yeah, this week? Yeah. No, that's really... I'm tapped. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Good, solid conversation, as always. All right, it's time to round out our official 2019 uh, return to form uh, by checking in with the bonus round. Bonus round. Our bonus round is our question and answer segment of the show where you, the listener, can write into us via our various means of communication and, uh, and ask us some stuff. Uh, what you want us to talk about, anything you want us to discuss, any suggestions or anything like that, and we'll bring them up on the show. We've got a couple of questions to kick off the year this year from a couple of our old our old favourites. Uh, let's get straight into it, though. So starting off with Mr. Broderick Gordes himself, uh, our very good friend of ours, hung out with him last week, was lovely, uh, and uh, also co-host of the Hunting Seasons podcast. 
Uh, if you like watching TV shows and uh, hearing people talk about them, Hunting Seasons is for you. It is very, 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 very good. It's a great show. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I'm listening to their Mrs. Maisel season one episode at the moment. Now I've actually watched the the season. Uh, it's very good. Uh, and yeah, so if you like TV series, they're always doing something interesting over there. Uh, it's a really solid show. Um, they both know their stuff when it comes to the telev- to television uh, and just the sort of entertainment industry itself. They, they're pretty knowledgeable in that sort of stuff. Um, so you should check them out. Uh, but Brod says to us this week, going into 2019, what lessons should the gaming industry take from 2018? Hmm. This one was a head scratcher. Yeah, it is. Um, I was trying to think about like what trends were popular last year, really. Um, anything springing to mind for you? I mean, it wasn't really a a specific thing from 2018. It was just another one of those things that 2018 had. Mm-hmm. I just want I want the industry to, and I think they will, based on the last couple of years as a trend. Yeah, stick to those tight, like revealing a game, release it in six months' time. Yep. Not announcing things too early, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Don't don't Metroid Prime for me again, Nintendo. Just don't do it. <laughs> like, it's yeah. cruel and it's hurtful. Smash Brothers me, right? When that was revealed, it was like announced at the end of that direct, fully revealed at E3, released in December. Yeah, absolutely. Just bang, bang, bang. Um. Yeah, like, and no one expected that. And it was great. No. And the game's solid. Um. It's really good. Yeah, just make sure your product's ready to roll before you start talking about it. Uh, no matter what people on the internet might be saying, like no matter how badly they may want it, um, it's they're always going to want it more when they know it's coming out in six months. So, and it's going to be less backlash. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I think um, another one, another thing is it's not really a lesson that has started to be learned yet, but mm-hmm. I think. This year, the industry needs to learn from the a mistake from last year. Mm-hmm. Treat your developers better. Yes, that's a really good one, Kyron. Like we last year was a nightmare. Telltale shut down. But like that was a whole disaster for those employees. Some of them not getting paid. Yada yada yada. Bad news. Rockstar's whole debacle with crunches. Even though that sort of ended up being sort of a mixed bag of look. Sometimes it's really shit sometimes it's good yeah just developers deserve to be treated better like yeah absolutely 100 there's a there's a twitter account you can follow oh, what is it it is at game workers and it's basically people starting to try and get a, a union for developers off the ground oh nice yeah but i think they got featured in a game informer piece is where i heard oh, of them that's yeah. cool they're sort of just trying to get something. There's also an Australian one as well, specifically like at G at GWU underscore Oz. And it's basically the Australian chapter of game workers. And yeah, go follow those accounts and just, just keep, please treat developers better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Think before you post things on the internet. Well, there yeah, are people well, behind those, those games. So he's up on the entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say that as someone who sounded pretty entitled about that whole Dragon Ball thing earlier. Oh, look, and I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely said my piece one or time, one or few, uh, more than one time on this show. Uh, but yeah, let's just think about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think that the one of the things I, I, I that stuck with me from last year is that 
single player games are here to stay. There was a whole conversation again from a couple of years ago, mainly, but um, that uh, you know, companies were a little bit hesitant about shipping single player games and feeling like they had to tack on multiplayer to sort of make them more viable and more replayable. Um, and I think twenty, I think twenty eighteen proves that that's not necessarily the case. Like, um, Cause tw- well, because twenty seventeen showed it wasn't the case, but twenty eighteen was like. It was like the definitive proof. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, two of my, like all, technically all three of my, like uh, top three games of the year were like predominantly um, single player experiences. So uh, like God of War was a standalone story. God of War was a complete game. Exactly. It was a complete game. No DLC at all. There are questions that still can be answered, but that's obviously, you know, it, it didn't feel like, uh, it didn't feel very on the nose in terms of like um, how it was handled. It was just like, well, clearly if we if we could, we'd make a sequel to this, but if for some reason we don't, this game still stands on its own. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Like this is a game you can play and it, it is pretty much self-contained. Yep. It has that, that stinger at the end, but apart mm-hmm. from that, like, as far as Kratos and Atreus know, the plot is resolved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, their their story that, that is being told in, within that game is complete, so to speak. So, um, and then like Spider Man, it had DLC, but like there was no multiplayer or anything. It was a, a strictly single player experience that was the, told a compelling story. The DLC sort of just was again the DLC for that was an example of good. Uh, good dlc i guess because yep. it was just like hey look you want to play more spider-man here you go yep i've uh, 30 bucks and there's three little episodes for you i've purchased it and then i realized that i don't have my joel. copy of the game at the moment <laughs> i was about to say joel how is it but... um so when i eventually get my copy back in the next week or so i will probably talk about it because i will play it then <laughs> um but i do yeah. have it there ready to go because I, I just had this feeling i've been I've been listening to Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack and thinking about Into the Spider-Verse, and I'm just like, man, I just want to go back and be Spider-Man again I, for a bit. I want, I want to own Into the Spider-Verse because I want oh. to watch it again so badly. God! 2018, hey, it, here's a 2018 lesson. Uh, it's not just necessarily the gaming industry, but like Spider-Man's back, baby. He's back in his day. Spider-Man will be back soon. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, (laughs) It sounds like Tom Holland's talked to Sony about that trailer, so... True, actually. That video is so great. I still feel weird about how it's going to be to watch the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer and be like, oh, I mean, Infinity War Part 2 hasn't come out yet. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be weird. It's going to... I hope they... I don't know how how you make that trailer... But be aware of the fact that Endgame hasn't happened yet, but there needs to be a way. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll have a way around it. Yeah. Like, know. <laughs> do, you know they should, do you know the way they should do it? Just, again, slight diversion here. The way they should do it is just have Tom Holland acting it out with figures and his, like, version of it. Just really lean into that, like, Tom Holland ruining things. Like, they should just do something like that, just to tide people over. And then when Endgame comes out, then drop the trailer. That's um, too. That's that's. It's almost too late though, because doesn't yeah. isn't Spider Man in like June or July? Yeah, it's that's kind of fine. That's the sad thing about like needing to market the movie. They've got to put that trailer out, and no Infinity War spoilers. Mm-hmm. But even without that trailer existing, you knew. But the trailer is just like the nail in the coffin of like, okay, well, 
Yeah. You know, not to, not, it's just, it's like a, oh, okay. I, this makes sense, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, Anyway, Spider-Man, baby. So good. He's back. It's cool. Back Spider-Man is uh, rolling in it. I'm legit going to probably go see into the Spider-Verse again this week sometime, probably by myself. I'm, I'm just going to go on a solo date. <laughs> I haven't seen Bumblebee yet, though. I need to see Bumblebee. Yeah, actually, you do. You should see Bumblebee. It's good. See if there's Bumblebee. Um, I'll buy Spider-Verse when it comes out. Oh, God, I'm going to watch so much of it. Um, Any other lessons from, from 2018 do you come to mind for you, Kyle? Um, keep getting every game on Switch. Yes. Yep. <laughs> keep doing it. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I'm down so for that. So far, so good. Like, we got Onimusha. We got Dragon's Dogma coming. Mortal Kombat's coming. Just yeah, keep it I, I don't know if we haven't, we haven't... We didn't even mention that. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma got announced. Dragon's Dogma, For baby. the Switch. Like, a while... It was literally after we finished recording last week, it popped up, didn't it? I think. Because I, I yeah, remember yeah. you sent it to me while while we were still on the, the Discord call. Um, yeah, it's in, it's in our... You look at our chat history. It's yeah, right there. yeah, it's right there. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, I, I agree. Just keep putting stuff on the Switch, baby. You can take it yeah. with me. Um... Just keep, yeah, just keep it up. Yeah. Um, I I feel like it's been like every year, I, I feel like it could be, uh, for the last few years, it feels like that uh, it's been this way. But man, the quality of indie games is nothing to fuck with. Like, <laughs> it's... Yeah, look, if yeah. there's a lesson that I could pass on to gamers from last year, mm-hmm. is keep playing those indies. Yeah. Take a risk on something you might not normally want to, like, might not normally... Like, but if something about it interests you, don't go, oh, it's not a game I'd normally play. Just take a chance on it because it might be your new favorite. Last year was, was again, it's the same as the AAA industry, right? Like last year, indies got even better. And I yeah. think this year they're going to get even better again. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. Keep an eye on those indie studios. Yeah. Don't worry, Kyron, I will. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna play more this year as well yeah i was very impressed like we, we were talking about this uh over the break like your your re- uh, representation in your top 10 uh indies wise was pretty pretty impressive it's something i've tried to work on because yeah. i mean look i i love i love the hype but behind like the triple a industry oh, of course but I do need to pay more attention to Indies than last year. I was I was honestly rewarded for it with stuff like Hollow Knight, Gree, Dead Cells, Celeste, all these amazing indie games. Mm-hmm. And this year, like, Joel, we are days away from Y2K, which Fuck yes. I'm going to pick up because it sounds like it's up my alley. I'm and so down for it. Hopefully, uh, Necro Barista soon, maybe? Ooh. Come on, guys. Come those, on. <laughs> looked at those two, putting those two in my team for... Uh... I, I did look, like, when I saw Necro Barista on the list for game critic i'm like oh i should take it yeah i thought about that and i thought about why i'm like <laughs> oh. um but yeah like i it's yeah there, there's always something interesting out there for you to check out and maybe be surprised by and it's yeah i think and- having things like the kind of funny game showcase being able like you were saying about like having the hype around a triple a title things like that showcase like put focus the hype on those indie games like um and i think yeah we're gonna see more of that this year uh, microsoft is usually pretty good at that with their id and xbox stuff during their conferences oh, yeah. um nintendo will have a couple of indie showcases as well very true yeah actually and sony doesn't i mean they're not gonna be there this year but like <laughs> no, it's um <laughs> but uh but they usually have like some indie sections as well um but yeah 
trying to think if there's anything else that sticks out this year for me. Just again, just a general life lesson. Just be better. Try to yeah. be, continue being better. Yeah. Hashtag be greater. Be uh, hashtag be greater. <laughs> um, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hashtag be greater. Hashtag be greater. I think well, that's probably a good place to to, to end that Broad's question there, I reckon, <laughs> on that one. So thank you very much, Broad, for your question. Some, you know, some answers, some tangents. I had it all. Yeah, exactly. Tangents that Broad was probably interested in as well. So that's fine. You know, we've, we... We answered his question and then delivered some more as well. You know, that's what we do here. Always, um, always offer a little bit extra. Exactly. You know, yeah, that 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 little bit of extra option. Um, but yes, thank you, bro, for your question. We really appreciate it. Finally, this week we've got a question from the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the supreme artist, uh, Mister Sean Kirkpatrick, wonderful friend of the show. Uh, spent. I rang in my New Year's at his house. That was lovely. Um, he, he he greeted me when I walked in the door uh, by going, "Hey!" Because I've I've recently grown a mustache, and I'm I've feeling, noticed that <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling pretty it's good, good about it. It's a, it's a nice mustache. It's gotten past the shit stage, so like now I'm like I've, that's I've the biggest a, struggle of a mustache. Yeah, and it, it came from solely from a place of laziness, and then it's just sort of got. <laughs> I woke up one day and I'm like, I think I'm almost out of the shit phase. I'm just going to see how this goes. And then, yeah. But anyway, I walked in and he noticed he hadn't seen me for a couple of weeks. And he's like, oh, mustache bros. And proceeded to like start stroking my mustache and like, let's stroke mustaches. So that was my greeting with Sean on New Year's Eve. Um, It's a nice way to see out 2018. Uh, But yes, we love Sean. Go and check out his stuff on Shawnee Boy Draws on Instagram and Twitter um, constantly posting a lot of really cool, fun, observational comedy and uh, just lovely art as well. It's I think nearly all of us have like Facebook profile I, pictures or Twitter icons that are made by Sean. Noticed, I, I have noticed that. I think I need to because I've, I've only really commissioned the dialogue options one. I need to commission a solo one. Yeah. I just don't know what's going to be yet, and that's that's half the, the challenge. Yeah, just be like you, you and Sam is hanging out like. <laughs> <laughs> playing smash together or something yeah <laughs> um why not anything's possible yeah everyone's fuck here yeah. fuck yeah everyone is here um it's just you in the smash brothers lineup <laughs> just, just superimposed it's just it's just me getting ko'd by samus and ridley no it's the, it's the banner like it's the, the oh, mural okay. <laughs> but you in there as well everybody's here um everyone is here oh god god i want to see that now um but Sean asks us this week, what game did you end up binging the most over the holiday period? Um, I guess we talked about it a little bit before at the start of the show. Um, I mean, the one that I, apart from Assassin's Creed and playing the Resi demo, the thing I binged the most on is motherfucking Smash Brothers. Yeah, bit of Smash. I, I am 100 hours deep in that game now. Oof. Played heaps of online. And I'm feeling, as some, as like I'm so determined to play Ridley and it's so hard because everyone online's like, I'm going to play Chrome. I'm like, cool. Well, I can't do much about that. So at least <laughs> kill me gently, please. <laughs> hey, there's been some pretty good uh, highlight reels on your Twitter account. Yeah. The there's been some, there's been some fun matches. Like that's, it's just a, as a result of sort of just keeping at it and just getting that bit better. It's so weird learning a new character. And that's half the reason I've managed to clock a hundred hours. It's just like figuring out this space dragon. 
But yeah. honestly, apart from Assassin's Creed, that's the game I've been into the most over the holiday season. Um, I just have been spreading myself over everything, really. I played, I didn't talk about it before, but I played like Let's Go Pikachu. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I played um, a bit of that over the holidays, but I haven't really gone back to it for a little while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, ducked into some Overwatch. I've just was been like, just dabbling. It's fine. If I if I have a day off, I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, just take it as it comes. I'm like, I feel like playing this today, and that's how I fell back into into the gungeon again. But, um, yeah, like it's just I'm sort of riding out that time until well, Y2K this week. But like in terms of big AAA releases, and riding out time until uh, Kingdom Hearts comes out. So oh, it's so soon. Yeah, boy. Let's get it's like hype. Starting to see it in like catalogs. It's just it's becoming mm-hmm. like this is it's going to be a game. It's going to be a disc that I put in my PlayStation Four. Yes, and I still almost don't believe it. And while it's installing, I stare at that cover art because it is fucking gorgeous. It's so nice. It it's is such a nice stunning piece of cover art. Stunning cover art. Probably one of my piece, favorite pieces of cover art that I've seen. It's in up there. It's ages. the Kingdom Hearts games always look really nice. Mm, there's something about this one the colors of it all like all that like the the yellows and the oranges and pinks and purples look so fucking cool um and everyone's there <laughs> yeah everyone's there everyone is there um yeah i should go back to smash though i think i need to go train up a little bit more get I mean, prepared we know, the, we, we know the online works so hit me up that's true the, actually um... we should organize another online night the uh signups are now live for bam which takes place oh. in may battle arena melbourne i will be i think i'll be signing up this year i was gonna do it last year but i wasn't feeling all, like smash Wii you still and i'm just just hot garbage at melee <laughs> um, but but never ultimates here uh it's fresh start everyone's sort of coming down on the same page apart from the people who are playing peach and crom and <laughs> roy and Martha and all those characters king k rule <laughs> King K. Rool, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, that happens in May, and I think I'll be signing up. Awesome. I might, I, w- I won't sign up, but I might tag along. Come and check it it's out. It's going to be happening down at the old uh, MSEC. Yeah. Um, but also, too, uh, in Melbourne as well, There's we have a, a eSports bar called GGEZ. Uh, they're doing monthly Smash tournaments as well. Yeah, they're teaming, teaming with uh, Couch Warriors. So we're yeah. doing, they've got, they've got guys who do BAM as well. Oh, are they? I, I figured they'd probably be involved, yeah. But um, yeah, I was like, I, yeah, should uh, come down for a weekend and man, yeah. crazy couch warriors of. I remember when I went down to play in a melee tournament at like Latrobe Bundura, right? Back when couch warriors were just starting up, it's crazy to see how far they've gone now. Yeah, like, like I, they're, I, they're hosting, like they've got. I think Bam is also a. I don't remember exactly. I think Bam is a Capcom Cup event. I know last Bam was one of the, or they had like. One of their tournaments last year was the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour tournament in Australia. Oh, right. So, like, they're doing good. Catch yeah. Warriors going places. Um, I still haven't checked out GGEZ myself, so you should, um, yeah, come down and we'll go to GGEZ and go to the Smash monthly Smash tournament and have check it out. Smash. Get some uh, alcoholic bubble tea that they do there. <laughs> now I'm a fan of it. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I've just been, I've been playing games left, right and center, just all over the shop, waiting for something else to suck me in completely. So that's the thing, Joel, like every second I play the game right now, 
I've well, first of all, I've got Resident Evil sort of going, hey, I'm really close. And then Kingdom Hearts 3 is like, I'm just behind that. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yep. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's that's pretty much all, all I think from my, what I've been binging. Sean, you tell us what you've been binging over, over yeah, the. I know, he's, I know he played it. He was dabbling in a bit of Metroid Prime. Makes me proud. Ooh. I saw his comic about it. I was like, yes, Sean, yes. Yeah. I would like to do that. Can you can can we f- fast track that uh that collection on the Switch, please? That'd be great. It's gonna happen. It's, it's gonna, gonna happen. happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen 100%. later this year. Hundred percent. And I'm gonna get I'm it here for it later this year instead of Metroid Prime Four, which will come out in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but yes. Anyway, Sean, thank you very much for your question. Um, we always appreciate when you contact us, and anytime we get to hang out, it's always a good time. Let's play some more Smash Online soon. Um, Absolutely. But uh, but yeah, I think that's about an episode though, Current. I think that's that's about it. I'm, I'm glad you left out the other question. <laughs> uh, well, okay. It wouldn't be fair if I didn't actually oh. say that. So, so uh, we're, going, we're going into this bit, are we? <laughs> we are. Okay. I think we talked about this on the show as well. I, um, I get it. I, we probably did. Yeah. So uh, the guys over at Game Train... Particularly, I feel like I know who in particular was behind this, um, Mr. Mr. Callan Davidson, uh, one of the hosts of Game Train. Oh, uh, he asks, he says to us, "I have only one question: Do you fancy a game of Jenga?" Uh, to which we so is it's an emphatic, probably uh, an emphatic no from both of us here. I feel. Um, I see. I see what you, I. I'm, I don't know if I want to participate in this bit because I'm still a little bit traumatized from that last game of Jenga. So stressful. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, need that stress in my life. Um, if you didn't hear our, our PAX wrap up episode, we did have a um, we had a a very tense game of Jenga with with Callan and and, and friends uh, over PAX. Uh, we had a couple of drinks and at uh, at a local bar and they had a Jenga set and we all sat around and played some some Jenga. We watched a tense match between the. Uh, some of the guys from uh, 8-Bit and the uh, Hungry Gamers and whatnot. Uh, and then we stepped up to the plate and had a game, and it was yeah. one of the most tense things of my entire life. So Yeah, and I really don't want to relive it anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, at least you don't have to work in a place that literally has a giant Jenga set, oh. two giant Jenga sets that constantly get yeah. used. Yeah, that's true. Mm, so that's, I don't have um, to deal with that. That's good. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, you're, you're fucking welcome. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, but that's fair. We probably should have brought that up as well. Um, go check out the guys at Game Train as well. They're really lovely people. Um, and I swear to God, Callan, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a game against in Smash Brothers against you soon. He asked me as well, and I, it's just a matter of scheduling it up. <laughs> yeah, we should we should really get that get that organized. Um, but I think that is an episode, though, Karen. I think it is, Joel. I think it is. Wrap it up and send us home. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. We do appreciate it if you've reached this point because you've listened to us talk about video games for God, like another what? Probably two and a half hours at this point. And we love it if you love it. It's great. Uh, We love talking about it. If you want to keep up with us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter where we are just Dialogue Options whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, whether it is Podbean, Podchaser, Spotify, iTunes, any number of them, throw whatever equivalent of a review they have, whether it's an actual review, 
some stars, thumbs up, shares, whatever it is, because it makes every bit of difference. As for our individual accounts, you can find me on Twitter, where I am at LemonManX, where I tweeted a lot of disappointment about Dragon Ball, but prior to that, the most interesting thing was I retweeted the Game of Thrones teaser, and I said I said myself, I apologize in advance for when I'm going to be ridiculously critical of this season. <laughs> I do. It's going to happen, and I apologize in advance. Uh, that's it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah I, I don't doubt it you know what though i actually haven't watched that tease yet it's, no, it's literally nothing i figured it wouldn't be that's why it's i haven't watched it from the, from the series yeah i was like it's a it's a fucking hbo teaser for a game of thrones it's gonna be nothing um i mean yeah. i guess in a way if, I, if i'm gonna get a teaser for the final season that's how i want it to be yeah absolutely yeah it's probably but a good way to be. i am if if i'm if it wins me over then good on it but i'm just probably going to come down on it like a ton of bricks <laughs> yep oh yeah i look uh, forward to that where can i find you joel uh you can find me at jolly mac where uh i've just been tweeting about things that i like um that's good that's saying fun. saying that i i really want to see spider-verse again which i'm probably going to rectify maybe maybe next week sometime maybe a birthday week present for myself i'll go take myself to the movies and see into the spider-verse in imax or something We'll do see. What you ca- do what you coward. I think I will. I think I'm going to. Um, and also that, uh, that it's, it's, I finally got around to watching season one of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And uh, you should do the same because it's bloody great. Big old thumbs up from me. See, I'm just having just just a jolly, jolly week. That's good. You, want, you good. want the start to a year to be jolly. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. But that's about it from me. Well, in that case, I will let our wonderful theme song see us out, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. options podcast